With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Are you looking for an acreage, hunting property, or farmland in Nebraska? If so, Tyler Johnson with Nebraska Realty specializes in residential and land sales and is ready to help you find your next property. If you're looking to sell, he has a marketing package to make sure your property gets maximum exposure that results in top dollar for your property. He can also provide you access to a 100% online auction platform through their partnership with auctiontime.com. If you want to find your outdoor dream, give him a call today. We'll link his contact information with this episode. You can also find him at realtortylerjohnson.com. Welcome to NBNR, the authority on unfiltered opinions and authentic player insight for Nebraska athletics. Connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and at nbnrpodcast.com. We have a saying, no block, no rock. You know, we just really love Otter. He's a junkyard dog. Hey, Kenny Bell ran up to me and like, you know what you just, what you just did? <laughs> you get mad. We're going to get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. Hang <laughs> on it, Muhammad. G-B-R. Kyle. The goat. Right on <laughs> time. Right on time. Hell yeah. That was better than last week. I was, yeah, last week I was, I, 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 I you know, dude, I dropped the ball out. just a little bit. He yeah. checked out. He was like staring off into space. <laughs> you know what it was? <laughs> Fucking drool coming down. He didn't have me sitting by his side. Right. Yeah. Nudge him. Yeah. My partner. Your boy Blue's back. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Con- Connor's back. Uh, we, we gave him the boot. We don't have enough microphones when we had B. Riley and Utter last week. So a lot of cooks in that kitchen. Yeah. A lot of yeah. cooks that in the brewery. kitchen. We brought the mustache back on the pod. So yeah. yeah. Say, so, speaking of Utter, that, uh, that event for his, uh, scholarship foundation was yes, kick ass. Absolutely. Uh, for those listening, we went to the Dylan Utter scholarship foundation bowling event. Uh, MBNR had a squad. Mr. Kyle Byers bowled a 273. Hey, so let him know. Let's give him a fucking shout out. My Can we man. get some fucking applause going? Give that applause. Give that applause. All right. Listen, and then now, yeah. just a just a just shame on me. I fell on my almost my face. Yeah. So oh, dude, you went on yeah. all fours. I slipped while I was bowling. He fell into the lane. <laughs> you know, bowling can be one of those things that makes an, an athletic person look really unathletic. Thank you. Yeah. See, yeah. He's calling me an it's, athlete. It's pretty, well, an, mean, athlete? Athlete. an athlete? Athlete. Does it have three syllables? It does have. It does have three syllables. <laughs> like amazing. Very popular belief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and yeah, we say uh, Kyle got a 273, which was still fucking second? Second. Second yes. place. What's funny is How? the guy that bowled the, uh, the high score of the day, a 279, I didn't realize I know him. He, yeah, Mike, yes. Mike sent me the picture of the guy, and he's like, I found him, Kyle. Yeah. We did. He was here at the brewery afterwards, yeah. and then it turns out he's played in the brewery. He's play, he's a musician. Yeah. He's played in the brewery, so I asked him, hey, do you want to play for this live event that we're having, podcast award show? Dude. You know, we'll be, there'll be like 500 people, and Connor's like, he's too big for that. I was Dude. like, I don't know his oh. name, so he ain't that big. He opened for Poison. <laughs> I don't give a fuck who he opened <laughs> for. Guess what? He can open for NBNR. Poison. <laughs> you know, that's the biggest thing he'll ever open for in his life. <laughs> uh, I do also want to point out, I thought it was funny. We, I want to point out that we did fix the scenario by the end of the night, but at like 9 o'clock. I'm tired as all hell, you know. Duke beats UNC. I had to mention that. You knew I was going mm-hmm. to. Nobody um, cares. But mm-hmm. Dutter walks out to me, and he's like, hey, brother, I got a problem. He's like, what's up? He's like, I lost my keys. And oh, we, spent, no. we spent like 45 minutes looking for his keys. Where were they? 
His drunk friend took him in the Uber. So he had to Uber his ass back here. Dutter just sat and drank beers with me. <laughs> but he was freaked out the entire night. I was like, dude, you'll be fine. We'll figure it out. Oh, fuck. Well, yeah, shout out to Utter and everyone that showed up for a good cause. Raised a bunch of money. Yes. Yep, yep. For some... I didn't come home with that putter, sadly. <laughs> no. Okay. A, guy, a guy we know ended up with the putter, though, so... Yeah. It yeah. wasn't going to make my Shout out to better. my plumber, Quint, Quentin Schrader, so... Yeah. Oh, Q Schrader. Q. Yeah. Q. Oh. You know him? Yeah, I know Q. I figure Q, you did. Tre- oh, Trevor Mir. Oh, yeah. Cody Valdez. Yeah, Trev was there. Oh, shit, you know yeah. Cody Valdez? Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah they were all bowling. I was just picking up a, uh, a battery charger from Cody just before I came over this way. Oh, no, look shit, at that. Good. Uh, yeah. Look at that. He's all out of Cody. Yeah, he was like, oh, yeah, I might, I might come up there to have a beer. And I was like, I don't think the tap room's open on Mondays, but I mean, you can come try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll let him in. <laughs> yeah, I know Cody. Okay, guys. That was, that was a nice little conversation, but go Big red indeed. Ooh, no big block. Weekend. Big weekend. That's right. No block, no rock. Season three, episode 31. Coming at you from the Nebraska Brewing Company Brewery. Brewery. That's what we're calling it. The brewery. Yeah. This is where the magic happens. This is where the beer is made. That's right. And I am drinking Squeeze the Day, which is a lemon Rattler. Correct. Get into it a little bit more. Cavalac. Yeah. Sits like. Four and a half percent, pretty low. We actually partnered. That is the official beer of the Nebraska Marathon now. Cool. Uh, nice. the, dude, the can artwork is so sick. Did you guys see that? I did there? love, yeah. I do love the artwork yeah. a lot. It looks so sick. But yeah, so it actually, we've made that beer before and kind of rolled it out in test markets. Now it's getting its full release. It'll be available. It's actually in stores now until like September. Oh, wow. So it'll be available for it's quite a while. It's kind of odd, though, it's going to end in September because that's when those morning kickoffs are going to be, and we oh, need those for yeah. the morning kickoffs. We have the, live, the, the live tailgate The live shows. tailgate show. I'm just saying we might need those. We have something special planned for football season. All right. We oh, is it, is, it, is it? It's not. It's not? I'm not getting my it, hopes it's up. It's not what you guys think it is. Well, it's fuck really you. shit. <laughs> yeah, if it's not no. what I think it is, then fuck you. Like... <laughs> It's not even the first time we want a coffee that. stout. I don't know if you're a big. I don't know if you're a stout guy. Well, um, ah, the dark the dark beers get me. You know, right? Because next thing you know, when you start drinking dark beers, you have two or three, and then you're on your ass. Where the sours, you can go. You can get a little heavy with them. Yeah, you can. Or, but I was about to say, you know, that four point five. You're that's that's the party zone. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that party <laughs> zone. So right? that's that's PZ. that zone where you can you can be drinking on those all day and and not necessarily be on your ass. But feeling all after, right after about half that day, you're going to be in that party zone. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Everybody so, knows what that party zone is. I won't go into details yeah. about it. Yeah. Well, let's introduce uh, this yeah. party guy over here. Uh, former Husker pitcher, Colton yeah. Howell. We want to thank you for coming on the podcast, first Pleasure. of all. Second Pleasure. of all, tell the listeners what you're drinking. Uh, I am drinking. Or do you know? What, is it pickle? Is Prickleberry. 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 Yeah. Prickleberry. I knew it wasn't pickleberry because obviously it would have been green then. <laughs> yeah. You don't do something like I, that. No, but I no, do have a pickleberry actually. Prickleberry. And that's horrible. I have I have had the prickleberry before when I've come in before. Oh, no kidding. But uh, yeah, no, like I was saying, the I've been I just been on a sour kick lately. Hell yeah. But um, but other than that, yeah, I would have probably gone with like that. Some some sort of a 4.5 lager or something like that. But Well, dude, I got stouts that are 4.5 too. He doesn't have stouts. They're not. They're not what you think. I, you won't be put I, on your ass. It, we yeah. promise. I have some that will put you on your ass. He does have that. If it was a stout, though, I, the coffee stout would be the like the yes. the, the heavy coffee flavor would be a yeah. way to go for me. And, 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 and it would be called that. what? Eleven a.m. kickoff. Oh, that's eleven a.m. kick or <laughs> kickoff. Yeah, something like that. That would be pretty cool. We need, we need something for those eleven a.m. kickoffs because oh, I got well, you know I'm I'm gonna knock on wood right now because the last few years we've been shitty enough that we get about every. 
11 a.m. <laughs> right. right. Or Fox or NBC for like the first two weeks are like, oh, Nebraska, we're going to make our money off of you guys. And then next thing you know, after that, like, it's you 11 a.m. BTN, baby. Plus. You guys. 11 a.m. kickoff, <laughs> unless you're playing like Michigan. Yeah. yeah. Or Ohio State. Then you get ABC coverage. Then we're going to give you like a three, <laughs> yes. three o'clock. We're still going to make it early. <laughs> Matt Rule getting us to three o'clock. That's what we Hell need. Hell yeah. <laughs> Matt Rule's going to show his worth. <laughs> Baby steps. Baby yes, steps. Exactly. All right. KB. I've got the Taco de Vesa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Taco yeah. Vesa. You know, tried and true, baby. The Taco Vesa is the number one go-to for me. So that's what I'm drinking. Mike, what are you drinking? I'm drinking the same thing as Jared. I'm drinking the Rattler. You know, that kick-ass can, the kick-ass label. It just it's just drew to me. I was like, I got to have it. So on my second one, probably going to move to my third one here soon. Uh, <laughs> I, gotta ask. I think I might have to try one of those. Though, you should. Apparently, they're, if they're gone in September... Yeah, then so you better get you, them. Oh, right better now. get them now. You better get them on water hot. So the cans are gone in September. It'll be on draft year round. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, it's, big time. Yeah, but if you want to get in get cans, your ass yeah, in here. get in there. That's yeah. what he's saying. Got to get, get in the brewery on 108th and Harrison in La Vista, Nebraska. Six eight one two eight. And awesome. you know what they say in every glass, right? World, World class. class. World class in every glass. Hey, I gotta ask. Was, why do yeah. I, why does he not get the same shit I do for drinking the same thing every week? Because he was the Rattler guy. He mixes it up. He had a seltzer that one time. I don't really <laughs> have an answer. You know what? Fuck just, it. One time he drank water. I remember that. Like, yeah. You have you have the NBNR guarantee. When we come back from break today, mm-hmm. there will be a different beer in that glass. What are you gonna get? I don't know yet. All right. Wow. I, I didn't expect to be put on the spot. I don't but, know. Well, I mean, you're come he, on. He knows every beer on tap to its elemental. Value, right. so it's hard for yeah. him to calculate right now. <laughs> yeah, so many numbers going through my head. Okay, so yes, tap room 108th and Harrison, Lewis, Nebraska. <sighs> How do I transition to this? All right, here we go. Can we all just start just, laughing. Well, <laughs> well, I don't even know. Are we it's, going it's to that first? Oh, you know, we might there's as well. a lot. There's a lot that happened. Dude, this in is such Nebraska a, athletics. This yes, weekend. there's yeah. so much going right. on. So here's you said we're all gonna laugh. We could all do that, and but yeah. I have something to say after we laugh. So. <laughs> now fuck Fern McCaffrey fuck him fuck his sons Tweedledee and Tweedledum McCaffrey fuck him fuck Iowa fuck Iowa Tweedledee and Tweedledum good one there Mike fuck you Fran with all your like Staring like, contest yeah, bullshit. Nah, like, Stare at this fucking L. <laughs> all, all your sons are like six foot six. Are you talking you're about fucking, Iola? Yeah, exactly. Iola. You know exactly he knows. Even I can know. Just that gene pool is fucked. Fuck you. Full of L's in that gene pool. See this. So as somebody who's not a hundred percent from Nebraska, since you know I was born here, but we can get into that later. Uh huh. But like, it's it's funny because I feel like there's a lot of built up tension. In Nebraska, yes. basketball fans. Oh and yeah, this is just like they're, they're This is the. This is the. You know. This is the finishing shot. You know. This is the money shot. They open wide for that yeah, money shot. I'm gonna get it all out because I don't know if it's gonna happen again. Hey, no, this well, is no, the start of something new. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's the start of I'm, something new. I'm, I'm you know, because every you know, this is the year. You know, this is the year. But as far as yeah. for Nebraska basketball, I'm gonna take and what football. I can get from Freddie and the boys. Yes, and I'm just gonna lay it on to my friends that are Iowa fans right now because that's that's what we do as Nebraska. Yeah, fans. yeah, yes. that's what we're good at. Well, that's, I got a text. It was like, is Nebraska basketball back? And I said, back? Where were you mean back? <laughs> we never left. <laughs> never left. Oh, no. We never were never started. here. Don't you know this is all just, a, you know, we just got to make the rest of the league feel good about it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The worst Power 5 basketball program of all time. And Iola 
Lost to them two times. Hey, two we, times. We were playing the long game. Yep. Yes. Really lull them into a false sense of security. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> right, got did, them- I, did I read something the other day that, that we're still the only Power Five, the last Power Five program to win a? We never won a, yeah, a we still have won last tournament too, game. Right? Yes. Yep. Yep. We're the only one. So That's correct. Worst Power but Five hey. basketball program of all time. But hey, guess what? What? We beat Iowa twice this season. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 81 to 77 in Carver Hawkeye. Don't listen. All the janitor. Listen, we'll sweep it. We'll sweep it for you. It's all right. We got you. We'll sweep it all up. We good. Um, Connor, you said before we came on that you you had some stats to oh. rattle off. So this isn't particularly regarding Iowa, but it does regard Nebraska basketball as a whole. Okay, uh, he he's looking on his phone. He's got yeah. I so, wish he was prepared. Yeah. No, I made sure to save this because I really wanted to talk about it. So St. Mary, their net rank is number eight right now. Number eight. They have two quad one wins and two quad three losses. Nebraska is number 94 in the net rankings right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they jumped two spots after the win over Iowa. Mm-hmm. But they have four quad one wins, zero quad three losses, and zero quad four losses. Make those numbers make some fucking sense to me. Why is there no respect on that Nebraska name? Don't get me wrong. What do we have, 15, 16 wins? I understand that's not the most impressive record out there. But... Tell me how St. Mary's eight and we're 92 now. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Well, you know, I, I don't have a, I might have one answer for you, but before we get into net, I want you to guys to answer me this. How the hell does a team like Nebraska, who gets outscored by Iowa 52 to 21 <laughs> in points off turnovers and second chance points, Iowa gets 21 offensive boards, um, how, do, how does this happen? This does not happen to Nebraska athletics as of late. Like, this would be a game that they don't win. No. no I no. Don't. Okay, so I went golfing Sunday. So I watched the first half, and I left at halftime. Loser. And uh, <laughs> I texted you guys, and I'm like, boy, these second and third chances on every fucking offensive drive for mm-hmm. Iowa just yes. drives me insane. And I yeah. was already under the assumption that if that kept going, it was a loss. Like, I just kind of figured it was probably going to be a loss mm-hmm. when I came yes. home. Yep. And it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> Their first win at Carver Hawkeye since 2012. My yeah. God. That's, like, that's before that, you. That's or before you. There. Yes. Yeah. And, and that was like what their first, that was the very first year they were in the Big Ten, I think. That uh, was 20, their, 2011 was. Yes. yes. So, yeah, it was their second. Yeah. So, but to go back to, to, to the numbers on it and everything, I think that's why in a lot of these projected you know, uh, fields of 64 for the end of the year, you see a lot of people getting given some favor to Nebraska now because yeah. of those quad one wins. And and not only that, if they, I, I think somebody said really now, I think, who do we have? We have Minnesota, right? Minnesota, yeah. This and I think if we can, if, if they were saying now, you know, they jumped it to, you'd almost have to beat Minnesota and then beat Maryland, right? Mm-hmm. In the second round to have any sort of an opportunity to look into just like baseball, you gotta you gotta hope that some some nobodies don't win their conference tournaments. Sure, but I think that's why they're getting a little bit more love in some of these these projections on the sixty four as far as being one of those maybe last four in right now. And if they could win against Minnesota, fight against. I mean, we beat Maryland earlier this year at home, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So at a neutral site, I don't know. I think we can maybe fight with them. <laughs> Sam's Sam's hyping up right now, you know. You Which know, one? Young, yeah. Young. Yeah. Both of them. Yes. Both of them, you know what I'm saying? And and so it's 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 just fun to watch a team that has nothing to lose really is what Nebraska's in a point right now. I mean, 
there's no chance Fred's going into that locker room saying, hey, guys, you know, like, we win against Minnesota, we're going to be in the, in the field of 64. I don't think anybody can say three wins for Nebraska. Guarantees would shit. get them into anything. Doesn't you know, guarantee like that. Shit. But I think if they have a, a good showing against Minnesota and the right situation pans out for the other, you know, the other conferences, mm-hmm. that's why they're one of the, the teams that are being talked about, I think, is one of the last four in. But I think on on Selection Sunday that that – they will be one of the that when they when they put it out though if they make it they'll be one of the last four in. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd be cool I don't, with it, I don't think they get anything. I mean, I think we're going to play. You know, and then we're I going think. to the trenches, boys. Yeah, so, uh, sure. But but we're dancing. So I, but so I think it's I think it's more of an opportunity than than some people might think. But who knows? You know, we go out and we get. 20 ball by Minnesota in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. Minnesota's might be not if that happens. Off, so. If that happens, they are not good, and I would say we are probably in territory of being a lock for the NIT now. I, I don't want to like totally say that. I would, I would, I would say you're pretty close. I would say 70 percent confident we're yes, in the NIT. We're yeah. pretty good. I, I secured my. Well, I, I requested tickets for the, the quarterfinals <laughs> of the NIT if it, it is held in Lincoln. It's all these, like, ifs, ifs, ifs. Mm-hmm. Sure. So we'll see. And then if I even get them. I did that today. But, you know, if somehow, some way we win against Minnesota and we beat Maryland again, I, I was just telling them before we got in here, I'm like, if you really want to talk about a favorable path for Nebraska, I'm not saying they're winnable because this, this team is – Almost a 500 team. Like you don't know what team you're going to get. Yeah, but you have a clear path. Like probably the easiest clear path to get to the Big Ten title you game. Play Minnesota. Like, look, I'm the guy who says don't overlook the opponent because Nebraska usually sucks, so we have no right to. <laughs> but Minnesota is bad. They're, they're a bad, bad team. They're like, bad. They are. If you lose. You probably don't deserve the NIT, but yeah. but mm, I think they get dropped from uh, the. Honestly, I think they get dropped from the NIT. I mean, that would be if, embarrassing, depending depending on what the score is and yeah. how they play against that Minnesota game. Yeah. I think I don't think that necessarily. I can't say it'll drop them that loss in itself, but I think the that the riders and everything that that put that tournament together will seriously take that into consideration because the Minnesota is, and I mean, this is coming from a you know guys talking about a Nebraska team that hasn't. We have really no, we have good. no right, but it's but like we've been this year, we've been consistently better, a lot better yes. than they have. So well, yeah. and as of it would late. be, it would be even. I think the 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 players that are on that on that roster too would tell you if they lost to that Minnesota team in that opening round that they don't deserve to probably play. They would they want to go play in that NIT and well, maybe cool. to, maybe would some of them fight to say because they did. You know, you go back and you look at some of these teams that are probably going to get in the field 64 and some of these wins that they have versus some of these tough losses that they have. And sure, we don't have maybe as many of the marquee wins, I would say, but we haven't been the teams that we've that we've somewhat supposed to on paper beat. We've we've taken care of. But yeah, I, I don't think that Minnesota loss would <laughs> it wouldn't look good. Wouldn't look good. <laughs> well, you know, you, they they beat Creighton on the road. That that looks Creighton. Like a, yeah, with the mm-hmm. it's like A-Y. it's like crouton. Yeah, yeah, yes, Mike. They're pretty much the same thing. I don't well, give like, a shit about Creighton. Creighton was looking like a team where it was like, ooh, this team doesn't look as good as they were hyped, but you know they're ranked now and they look a lot better. So that win looks better. Mm-hmm. Beat Iowa twice. Who? Lol. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I had to... Thank you. Got Wisconsin. Um, 
You have Wisconsin. Yep. You, you know, they're Wisconsin. not as good as people. You beat say, Maryland. But, yeah. So it's not like they have that marquee, really. Mm-hmm. That Purdue should have been Should have been. Uh, almost oh, wait, There it you is. Know. I knew it was coming. Well, well, you know, you know what they almost. say about hey. almost. Well, yeah. look. Fuck you, Mike. Well, that, they lost. doesn't do anything on your resume. Like, it, right. you were just talking, listening off those quad one wins. That would have been another quad one win. Mm-hmm. And just think, like, that game against Michigan State. Damn. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. that. Mm-hmm. the high point of the season, you could have said, was, like, when Casey put up that shot and he looked back before it went in. Like, that was the high point of the season. But then they lost. Yeah. They got their ass handed to they them. They got waxed. With eight and, minutes okay, left. Right. But with a miracle performance by Michigan State. That was yep. incredible. They couldn't I, miss. I, I don't it's think true. people give Michigan State enough credit. I mean, yeah, what was that their, was incredible. What was, their, what was their shooting percentage in, in so the... They at went, the end of the first half, they were shooting 20%. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then... In the second half, It was they, un- unreal. I think it was somewhere over... Like over, 80, 90%? I thought it was over 85. Was yes. it somewhere around that 85 to Yes. It was, I'm pulling it up. They right made now. like yeah. 12 threes in the second half. I think you can't real. But the... The problem that I have, which I always – I don't necessarily go by scores because, you know, being a former athlete at Nebraska and you can kind of understand, it's more so seeing what their attitude – like just seeing as as they – you know, you could almost see in their eyes like you can't let the other team see you being like, shit, they're not missing. Right. Right? Like that's kind of like where, you know, as an, on, a ba- on the baseball field, pitching or hitting, you know, like you can't sit there and, and start hanging your shoulders on the mound if, you, if you're getting your tits lit all over the yard, right? Like, yeah. you're just going to get, that's going to amplify it, like, tenfold. And so I, I think, like, it was part of, like, Michigan State stepping up and, 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 and hitting some clutch shots. But, like, you start seeing guys, especially, Dang you it. know, like, you know, oh. you know, like, these, these guys that are, that are doing good throughout the game, and then all of a sudden these guys start hitting these, especially the three-point shot was really, I mean, uh, I forget what his number, but like I mean, one guy was, at one point was like in a in a three minute stretch was like four for four from the three point <laughs> yeah, line. And we were, and, and annoying. Game, if you go back and pull up the tape, like we were giving him like five six foot. Oh yeah, on on every time he got the ball. So it's like you can't really. And then you, as you're jogging down, you're like, you know, you know, feel bad, feel feel sorry for me. We I were, mean, me in my living room, my shoulders yeah, were dropping. Yeah, I'm like, God, and damn. So like everybody yeah. kind of does it with you, and so I, I kind of like I'll give it to to Michigan State a little bit, but I also give it to Nebraska for kind of taking themselves out of that game a little bit. But oh yeah, sure. So, I think everybody who was watching that game could see that <laughs> in that first half against Michigan State. Michigan State shot 28 percent overall, mm-hmm. 33 from the three point line. Second half. 68% total and 71%. Yeah. Even higher line. from three. Like, that's, Jesus. That's, My Lord. They were 12 for 17 from the three-point line in the second half. Unbelievable. Yeah. It was yeah, yeah. so and 55, painful to 55% watch. from the three-point line for the entire game. And we, I think a lot of, a lot of what the, their defense is is like, okay, we will let them shoot. And so, look, if you're having a cold night, then it's going to be really nice for us yeah. as the Nebraska basketball team. But then if, we, if your opponent goes on a heater, it's like, well, shit. Yeah. And that's kind of what your defense was built on a little bit. So yeah. that's that 1-3-1, though. It's, it's kind of weird because you got all these moving parts. And if they get the right pass in the right place, which happens a lot, mm-hmm. you're just really praying that he misses, yeah. which happened against Creighton and Iowa <laughs> twice. So that was, to be honest, <laughs> way, to, way to throw in that twice. Twice. To be honest, though, I do like the chances of them trying to shoot threes all game than getting just that, right. Yeah, no, dominated. In what the are paint, the you know fucking what I mean? odds they dump seventy one percent from the three point line in the second half? What not are the good. odds? Not good. Not Let great. them take those shots. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know what? 
let's let's end basketball on a good talk and let's shift to baseball. We have a baseball player oh, with let's us. Let's go. And Nebraska baseball had a big win this weekend. Sure did. So let's shift to that. But before we do this, let's two, end on a good note. Wins. What? Two yeah, two wins. two big wins. Yeah. yeah. And on a good note, Nebraska was two and zero against Iowa this year in basketball. One and zero against Iowa in uh, football. And uh, we also beat him in volleyball. So, fuck you, Iowa. And- <laughs> I, think, I, I think the only way that that could have gotten any better is if our women's basketball team. I know. Too, yeah. They would have gotten one of those. From, Big Ten from, champs. From, but that, I, that I, oh, I hate to do She's it, but so I'll, I'll, that's the one Iowa team that I'll give credit Dude, to. Caitlin Clark, is, Caitlin is, Clark well is a coached. monster. They're, they're well coached. Yeah, I want that's going to be true. I know that the women's, uh, you know, the women's, tournaments coming up here too and yeah that's a tough one that as you're feeling out i mean i don't know i feel out the women's bracket sometimes too because you get you, you make money off these things yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's tough filling out that iowa and, and putting them on for the next week oh yeah <laughs> yeah um i will say as of today do you know how many days it's been since iowa has beaten nebraska men's athletics in a sport well one. over 300 days I well know. no because they just beat us in wrestling yesterday i, I somebody tried to add this yesterday we oh, could talk about wrestling but no. In, a, in a major mm-hmm. four sport. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let me let me Sorry. put that addendum in there. It's Sorry. been 310 days. 310. There you go. <laughs> 310 days. I like the sound of that. The last time, uh, the only sport that has us lagging was Iowa beat us in the 10th inning in a baseball game, 5-3. Yeah. I was going to say, wait, yeah, you went back to last year and it was a yeah. baseball game. Which that's tough, too. That's unfair. It's a series. You get into the baseball, Dick, it's like yeah. three games. Yeah, yeah exactly. Did they win now? the series. That's the important. No. no Damn no, it. No, okay, so then it counts. Yes. Okay, so, Mike, you said you wanted to jump into baseball. Yes, we Let's, should jump into baseball. Because we do have a baseball player. We have Colton Howe with us, former pitcher for Nebraska. That's right. Now, before we get into, like, the Vandy win and all that stuff, just overall, you know, you look at Nebraska baseball last year, you're coming off the Big Ten title. You're coming off that impressive showing in Fayetteville against Arkansas, and they end up going 23 and 30, I believe, last mm-hmm. year. Yep. Very yep. disappointing. It sounds like Will Bolt had a squad that I don't want to say he didn't like them, but it's they just didn't seem to uh, vibe with him. I guess yeah. didn't click. Yeah, I think, and that was what right. I think. That's what you got a lot of the 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 media and stuff like that was portraying too. That that just like the inner cogs weren't weren't running on the on the you know as as smoothly as they could so to speak um yeah i don't know you just go back in a lot you you look at a lot of good players that go through these uh, you know especially college baseball and you talk about that sophomore slump i mean and it's not a real thing but i mean you go back and you look at look at a lot of good players and their numbers their sophomore year because you come out in your freshman year like so guys like um, Bryce Matthews and, mm-hmm. and, and Max Anderson come out their freshman year and they're freshman starters, right? And they, they do pretty well for themselves. And they come out that second year and you're still student, still a semi-new head coach, right? You're, starting, you're trying to get your feel, your pitching staff, you're feeling that out. Um, you're trying to figure out, I mean, what, I think this is the third position I think Max has played mm-hmm. uh, uh, since he's been there and he's a junior, so it's going to be three positions in three years. So you're still trying to figure things out. Um, so I don't want to say it was necessarily a step back, but I think you're starting to see some some whiffs of some things where this coaching staff realizes sticking with certain guys, giving them certain certain situational uh, experience in these things. As as I mean, just look at this weekend. You know, some of the maturity that you've seen out of some of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about that the the win against a, a Vandy team that that I, I mean that, the the guy that they beat. I think he's going to be a first-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, I mean, you talk about some of the, the, the maturation of some of these players and, and hindsight, yeah, you know, we, it looks like we took a step back last year, but if you're going to start having performances like this, I know it didn't finish maybe the way that people wanted to this weekend, which we'll get into that here in a second. Cause, sure. I mean, I think that's kind of, you know, certain times us as Husker fans, I think we get a little, we get a little, we, you, you, give us an, you give us an inch, we take a mile. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Husker fans? Sure. Sure. No. Like, I, I, it, as a player, it's tough to read yourself, but even after the fact, you know, like you read these articles about how people thought it was a disappointing weekend because we didn't, you know, people say we got our, our asses beat against uh, an Ole Miss team. I mean, you take out a freshman, uh, Caleb Clark's eight, I think it was seven of them were earned, maybe all eight of them were earned, but you take something like that away, and, and that, that ball game's now, you know, what is it, seven to four? Seven to five. I think it was. The, it I think it was the, it eight was to five. five. It would have been six five. It would have been six it, five. Yeah. So oh, I mean, okay. you take away something like that, an inning uh, uh, like that, where that's a guy who most people would question why why Coach Bolts sending a guy like that out there, or why are we putting uh, Jalen Worthy in in a relief situation where we're trying to battle back? We've just scored a few runs, but what people don't really understand is, is you're going to have to go into a a Fayetteville. Maybe a Starkville, maybe a, a Gainesville, Some, a lot of one, one of those places. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, Ville Central. But you're gonna have to go into one of those places in 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 early to mid June, and you're gonna have to win two out of three ball games, and you're you're never gonna win that with, you know, juniors and seniors doing that. And the only way that you get freshmen and sophomores to have the confidence to not absolutely shit the bed when you come to that time is to put them into situations like this. And it was just unfortunate that they got eight runs off of Caleb in the first inning like they did. But I think really all those people that were saying things like the cogs weren't working and, and they were taking steps back are really kind of starting to eat those words this year and realizing that these younger guys are getting the experience that they needed. And, and they're kind of in their understanding of the situation. And yes, you know, the, you take away that one inning, but I think that all around, I think what it will, how many hits did we have this week? I think we had 40-something hits in, <laughs> overall? in overall. Got I mean, a shit ton against Vanderbilt. And then, a yes, lot against uh, Hawaii. Yeah, and then, I mean, we're clo- we're scoring close to, I think it was like 25 runs or something like that against two slated top 10 teams. I mean, if you would have told me Thursday before we were starting all of these games that that was what we were going to come out 2-1, and one, score 26 runs and, and 40 hits, 40-plus hits against the schedule that we had. And, and the Hawaii team, I don't want any – like, uh, that, that Hawaii team – Ever since even we played Hawaii, when I was, I actually got my first, um, my first collegiate save, save yeah. was against Hawaii, uh, and it was funny because they were talking about it this weekend that the last win we had against Hawaii was in the Houston Classic when we mm-hmm. played there down in 2015. And I was like, huh, that's funny. Yeah. Like, uh, Josh Rader at the time was our closer. Um, I should have brought it with me. Speaking of NIL and stuff like that, dude, I got people were making us like bumper stickers and stuff. It was me. Uh, I was going to bring him on with me, but he's got a kid himself, too, as a surprise. But uh, uh, Jeff Chestnut. Oh, oh yeah. Jeffrey. And all, we know. Yeah, 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 we went yeah. to high school all with time, him. All time, which I got hurt my senior year. I'll always tell him this. I got hurt my senior year because we were fighting back and forth about – or uh, we were going back and forth with most career appearances. But then he ended up – I got hurt. So he – and out of the bullpen, he obviously got a lot more appearances. And he won, He took over, and he has the uh, – he still has it, I believe, the all-time uh, – most appearances by a pit, you know, a mm-hmm. pitcher in, in their career. <clears throat> but yeah, no, we, uh, that was, uh, he, 
Josh Rader had come in and I got my first career save against. But I didn't realize how many times we had played Hawaii over the year. It was something mm-hmm. like 24 or 25 times. <laughs> it's a wild amount of and, times, and, yeah. And until 20, before 2015, every single one of those games was played in Hawaii. But mm-hmm. back to it, I think every year Hawaii is a team that fights to be in the, and is half the time in that field of 64. So they're, I think they're one of those RPI you know, boosters because mm-hmm. they get back into that big West play and they end up beating up on some, you know, San Diego's and stuff like that, who we had, you know, we struggled, struggled against the San Diego team. You know, I don't want to say, I think I would say we struggled. We had a bad weekend against them, sure. but, um, but they, you know, they're, they're a tough team too. So I think if you would have said we would come out two and one with, with what we did, I would have been extremely excited. But then as, as you, you know, you see all these Husker fans getting kind of not upset, but I would say they want to try to find, you know, Places to nick and pit and, yeah. and pick and to stuff bitch like about. That. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's just kind of like that's where, you know, we get all the people who are understanding. They're like, well, how do we get all these four or five-star recruits for football or all these really good recruits for baseball? And then they get here and they don't pan out. And it's because it's they, early, they, though. They, it's you know, so like early I was sitting there baseball. and they win. Yeah. They win and they do, you know, they beat a top 10 team and they go two and one and come back home and they're coming home to criticism rather than celebration celebration (laughs) not necessarily that it needs to be celebrated but that's a i mean any program would have been i think extremely happy to come out of that tournament as the number two you know maybe a better performance on sunday would have been the only thing that they asked for but yeah i mean when you when you hang up an eight spot in the first inning you know it's like oh shit well that's i I have to go back and i have to say i do feel because my senior year i went out my first my first outing because i my i was a relief pitcher all the way to my senior year and they were like, no, I was like, I'm going to transition to a starter because that's where some of the teams were wanting me to be as a professional player. And I went like five and two thirds bef- in my first outing against Call of Charleston, no hit, and then finally gave up a hit and they pulled me. So I was on a really big high, but in my second week I came out and I think Sandy, it was San Diego hang up, hung like a nine spot or like <laughs> an eight spot on me in two thirds of anything. And, uh, and so I was sitting there and I could, you know, I, as I wanted to scream at the radio and the TV as I was watching it, you know, I could under I could kind of have a bit of understanding of where he was coming from. But if you were watching the game, like I was watching the game on Big Ten Plus on TV, and it, he wasn't missing so many pitches. He missed later on after the first four or five runs. He started to get a little down on himself. Caleb did. But his first four runs, that they, they were, there were some tough hits. Some bloops. Man. There were yeah. some tough hits. And then he was locating pitches, and they were getting some pretty – I mean, they were putting good, you know, balls on the bat of it. But it's just one of those situations where you kind of got to tell a young freshman to kind of just learn from it. And uh, and I'm sure, just like I, I'll tell a lot of my – you know, a lot of people who have talked to me about it that were kind of, you know, questionable about whether he should have started or anything. Well, if he's – which it always ends up working funny, but, you know, if we end up – Making it to a regional final, I'll knock on wood because I don't want to say we will. But if you're in a regional final and he's out there starting the game and we win it, you know, you're gonna right. be, you're going to be eating some words. Well, and you I guess I mean it's, it's better. Like yeah, like like you were talking about, it's better to get that experience early early on in the yeah. year than it is when it comes time to the regionals. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, get it and out. I, there. And I don't want to so, say like so much as it's going to be more so for baseball than it is any other sport. But it really, as far as um, for the younger guys, because you know. For football, you really don't have uh, your non-conference scheduled games for baseball do mean a lot. Oh yeah, but a lot of the the teams that are coming from the Midwest and stuff like that, you know, we're just trying. They're trying to get out on dry dirt, mm-hmm. play games, get guys innings, and let's get ready for conference play, and whatever wins we can pull off in in uh, 
in the preseason, then that's just, you know, it's a bonus. We're going to play to win in that time. But this is more of a time that we need to get guys innings. We need to get younger guys at bats. We need to get our veteran guys even comfortable in at bats. And uh, and so that time, by I think we open up with Illinois, I think is our first uh, Big Ten series. Big Ten, yeah. So by the time you get into that, you know, those are the times where we're losing on Sunday. It, it hurts a little bit more than, than yeah. necessarily right now. So you mentioned getting guys that experience now. Mm-hmm. What was your experience the oh, first yes. time that you, they put you in a position where you were about too. to shit your pants? You, yeah. you referred to it? his uh, rectum as uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the size my, of a nickel. My rectum was not. Ex- I don't think I had. I had an asshole at that time. So uh, yeah, I was. T- yeah. So my, f- you know, you can go look back up. And you- I don't think the st- the stats on it turned out too bad for me at the end of all things. But all things considered, um, yeah, no. So I my freshman year we went out to uh, California, Cal State Fullerton. And we played at Fullerton, too. So this wasn't like we were playing in uh, a tournament and, and we were playing on a neutral site. No, this was at Fullerton. Um, like, these guys were different, man. You go out to the West, West Coast Cali. This was till 2012. So, like, it was before, like, actual recreational weed was legal. So, like, people were, like, being really weird in the stands. Like, it wasn't like, oh, this dude's just, like – you know, high off, you know, getting <laughs> stoned before the game or anything because that's what they can do out here. Yeah. This was just like, there's some weird people at these games, man. Like, these guys are – and so, like, the atmosphere was crazy Dude. and everything like that. And just just a freshman in general, like like I can – like Jalen Worthy or any of those guys that went out this weekend for their first outing or if it wasn't this weekend, if it was a weekend before, you, you just don't know that difference between college and high school. So, I mean, we're going out against Cal State Fullerton, and like I was telling you guys, it was uh, pretty – it was an okay lineup that they had. My first three guys that I faced were um, Michael Lorenzen, which I think he did all right and made it to the bigs. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's all bit. right. Which he, as a as a pitcher, side yeah. note, as a pitcher, not a, as a as a hitter, because he, he was a center fielder, and the guy used to warm up for closing games in center field from like 180 feet. He would throw a bullpen to his left field. Oh my god! At, at like 99 miles an hour, must be nice. He throws heat, and so then after him, it was uh, Matt Davis. Uh, or no, uh, J.D. Davis. Excuse J.D. me. J.D. Davis. And then Matt Davis. Me. And then Matt Chapman. Or Chapman. Fuck. God damn it. Jameson. And so those were the thir- first three guys that I faced against Cal State Fullerton uh, that year. And, uh, yeah, so I faced uh, – the first one came up was Michael Lorenzen, and I – was like a 2-2 count. He was battling, hit a couple foul balls, and I ended up walking him. And I'll never forget it because usually – Coach Ted Silva, our pitching coach at the time, would come out and do the mound visits, like, you know, and then Erstad would come out and he would do the pitching changes. And so Erstad was coming out of the dugout, and I'm like, God, dude, like, walk I'm one a guy. Freshman, man. <laughs> and we were already losing the game. Like, this was me, like, I thought I was stopping the bleeding, you know, like catching some innings and stuff like that. And I'm like, how am I going to get taken out of the game already? And he comes out and he's like, just. How you feeling, man? Like you taking this all in? Like how's your how's your first experience out here? And <laughs> like, like at the time, like I knew, and he, it wasn't like it was unknown. Like I think all three guys were like top ten, top twenty draft prospects the next year. They all were in the first round. I think they all got drafted that year. <clears throat> if or I, I don't know if it was that year or the next year, but um, and uh, I was just he, I just kind of laughed at it, and he's like, "You doing all right?" And I'm just like, "I can't feel my fucking legs." Yeah. <laughs> Like he's like, what? And like, and the game was being recorded by, I think, both ours and their like uh, media staffs and everything. So it was, you know, people could see this stuff. And I'm like, 
like I feel like my leg, like people can see me shaking. Yeah. I like what's going on? And he's like, no, nah, that's like the, you know, like welcome to the big boy baseball. Right. right. <laughs> and just kind of smiled and like turned around and left me out on the side. <laughs> that was it. Like, yo, you got JD, you know, JD Davis and Matt Chapman, two guys who just hit nukes. Yeah. <laughs> like try not to get a 10 plus ERA before you're, you know, before you're <laughs> too late. And right. It's like, all right. I'm working out of trying to get down from like a 20 ERA down to, but no, no, it all ended up going good. I don't think I, I think I ended up, I did leave. Uh, I think I'd let up a run or two in that game, but. In that game, um, would you, yeah. you, uh, you pitched 1.1. Did I? You only allowed one hit and you walked one. See, and then I believe and you that, struck out too. And that first walk, and uh, no, actually, I'd be I'd be lying if I did say that it was Chapman that I struck out. I know it wasn't Lorenzen. Lorenzen was the walk. That, that he was my first guy that faced, and I walked my very first hitter. I didn't remember coming out for that second because I knew I had the first clean inning. I didn't remember coming out for that sec- that last one. Kind of blacked out. Yeah. So obviously that tells you how like, how much I was just locked in on those first three. But I mean, hindsight, like. That's like leaguer, leaguer, probably going to be a leaguer and then probably maybe a Hall of Famer in that job. No shit. So, like, yeah. as three guys to, to start off your, yeah. your career against. It's not like, too shabby. It's not too shabby, but like, <laughs> hey, after that one, it was like, it's all downhill from here unless I meet Indiana at the end of the year and have to face Kyle Schwarber or one of those guys. <laughs> no yeah. shit. Like, I sit there and I'm just like thinking about some of these guys are from some of these other teams now. You know, and because I'll just, you know, 10 years later, they're all making their, you know, if they're going to make their major league debut, they're going to probably be making it, if not already have. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, damn, that team was stacked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Does your business need easy, competitive financing for heavy machinery, trucks, or other equipment? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the best financing options for equipment, trucks, and other big ticket items. Just fill out an application and Currency Finance does the rest. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit cocurrency.com for details. Offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing LLC, DBA currency pursuant to CFL license 60 DBO-54873. Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, yo. Uh, we have a saying, no block, no rock. Thank you, Troy. Mike, you keep forgetting to tweet at him, by the way. I know, I haven't um, tweeted at him in a while. Anywho, so, yeah, how's that going? Jeez. It's not going well. And then Jimmy <laughs> Allen, who's on the radio, he was like, hey, I have Troy Walter's number. You want me to text him? Yeah. I was like, uh, yes. And he's like, oh, sorry, dude. He has, he's got a new number. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you got guys like B. Riley and D. Utt that are on the, on the show. Like, those yeah. guys can just walk into Memorial Stadium, so, right? Like, so somebody there has got to have some contact. That's what that I'm saying. Get it, you know. Some, like, one of our guests. I'm just a baseball guy, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know anything yeah. about getting him onto the podcast. <laughs> but all I'm saying is, you know. B. Riley, do you? B. Riley? Yeah. yeah. Where are you guys I, at? I've been writing my senator. Yeah. I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> we got to figure out a way to get Walters on the pod. <laughs> now, shifting to just this baseball guy, let's dive into your career a little bit. All right. So you are from Missouri. Well, you're born in Omaha, right? And then born from Missouri? Omaha. Born Omaha, yep. And then I, oh, I can't even remember. I think I was like five or something like that. Moved down to Missouri. Dad's job took him down there, something like that. Nice. I don't know the logistics on it. All I know is I started to remember life, and I was in St. Louis, Missouri. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get yeah. divorced, you steal your sister. Yeah. <laughs> We're close. You know, like, it's like you're down there by Arkansas, so you're, like, kind of 
like they're like mm, Missouri like what part of Missouri you know like are you from Kansas City like yeah. Kansas City like those are like some you know okay people but you get starting you get down south and that southeast people it's like oh we're, we're just you get closer kiss to Arkansas cousins, right? people are starting to lose their teeth like no that's not how I say it. Yeah. <laughs> like what it's like. so was your was your dad a Nebraska fan then is he a Nebraska fan no so so uh so my mom and her side of the family or who is who's from uh, Nebraska. Oh, okay. And so her family's up here. And then my dad was, uh, his family's, he was born, uh, in St. Louis as well. Well, not as well. I wasn't born in St. Louis. <laughs> I always forget that. <laughs> thing. I always forget that. I always forget. It. But, um, no, he was, uh, he was born down there and grew up down there. So the funny thing was at the time when I started getting recruited by Nebraska was when they were like just joining the big 10. Right. So, um, and my dad was actually sick at the time when I was going through uh, the recruitment and everything. And so he was actually, it was pretty tough for him because he was a huge Mizzou fan, hmm. right? And, and uh, like, if you go back, back in, like, the early 2000s to mid-2000s, as you guys know, like, Mizzou and Nebraska, that was a big, like, that was, that was up there with, like, Oklahoma, because those were days of like Chase Daniels and stuff. Hell like that. yeah, right. yeah, they're kicking Nebraska's and ass. So, yeah, like, well, honestly, no, it went back and forth because when Sue was there, like y'all kicked our ass. But then, like, and it was funny because like Nebraska would be good that year, and you could almost guarantee Mizzou was on like a rebuild year, and then Mizzou would be, you know, Bo or uh, 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 not Bo. Uh, was it? Was it Cal? No, it wasn't Callahan. Well, Callahan yeah. was oh, was it? Yeah, was, was it yeah, Callahan yeah. still there? Yeah, Callahan. Yeah. And lost. then, uh, and then you had Pinkle down at Mizzou. That like each year mm-hmm. they would like balance each other out. So no, he was a huge, huge Mizzou fan, and my mom was a huge Nebraska fan. And uh, like honestly, uh, you know, a little boy and everything like that, I was like, "Fuck Nebraska!" Like I hate Nebraska. <laughs> right. Like, I want <laughs> to kill Nebraska. What's that? And it's funny, you know. Yeah. Like so, like fast forward. And then, like, I'm getting, like, the recruitment of everything. And uh, I was getting recruited by, like, Mizzou was was showing some interest, uh, St. Louis University. Um, but then, I like, I had some really good, like, showcases down there. And they were just, like, uh, like where do you, like, where do you want to go play? Because, like, I did, I did, like, really pretty good. And they were, like, we'll get a hold of some coaches for you and we'll see what happens. And Nebraska to me was just an interesting one because one, I had family that lived up here and my dad was sick. And uh, so like, it was like a, if I needed to get like a comfort thing, I could go see family. If I needed to get home, I could go get home really quick. Not only that, it was like an opportunity thing for me too, because I seen Erstad, which I mean, at the time, you know, a lot of people didn't, but like I knew he was, one of the only guys, or no, why not one of them? I think he is the only guy still to ever win a gold glove in both the yes. field and the end. Two positions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and and just a, a World Series champ, you know, playing with guys, you know, like David, you know, seeing like David Eckstein's and, and these, these other guys. And so, like, why not go learn? Like, if my true goal was to play, you know, like everybody's goal is to play, like anybody who tells you that you're going to play college baseball that doesn't want to play pro baseball is a fucking liar. Right. Yeah. Like, your goal is to be a big leaguer, right? And so, like, what better opportunity than a rebuilding program who really wasn't struggling? Like, if you look at it in the Big 12, like, 09 to, like, 2010, 2011, like, they were doing all right. Like, it wasn't like they needed guys. It was just there was a new head coach, guys weren't necessarily getting recruited to the school so like as you're going to like look at places certain coaches would be like you know like 
I'll be realistic with you. You're going to have three or four guys ahead of you at these two positions, like this and that. Whereas Erstad and those guys were kind of just like, we're just getting here. If you're fucking good, you're going to play. Which and, and Bolt was a part of that staff too. I don't a lot of people don't remember that he was there for that year or two years. Yeah. Um and and he was like one of those like the true like leader, I would say. Him and Silva even more so than Erstad. Erstad was kind of like he ran a lot of the things, but er, like Silva and and uh Bolt were like, Yo, I don't give a shit if you are a freshman or if you're a six year senior like Cash Kalkowski was at the time. Mm-hmm. Love you, Cash. <laughs> one of them, but he was like sixth year senior at the time and it's just like i don't care if a shit who's the best you know who's who's who like you're gonna put up the best numbers and you're gonna play and so like when i was getting recruited by him that was kind of a, a big thing for me and uh at the time uh i was kind of telling you guys about this earlier uh i was kind of interested too because the high school that i went to down in st louis uh, a guy by the name of cody ashy who was a pretty good player for nebraska baseball at the time uh, was playing up here, and I was hmm, sorry, Cody, breaking some of his high school records, and so I was like, <laughs> "Are you sorry? <laughs> yeah, are no, you? No, I don't think I am sorry. I, think I told him that, and it's funny too because the first time I actually met him in person because we were like four, four or five years apart, um, was in at Nebraska, uh, and uh, his wife was actually at the time was looking for him, and mm. stumbled across my house, which was like a block and a half away from where he was at, and was like, "What? I'm looking for, I'm looking for him, and and uh, looking for such and such." And I was like, "I knew the name." I mean, he said, "I was looking for uh, Cody Ashy," and I was like, "Oh, okay, I know who you're talking about, but we haven't met yet." Yeah, but we went to the same. <laughs> he's gonna we know to my same, name. We though. went to That's the same funny. high school. That's fate. <laughs> but then, yeah. that, but she's like, he's at uh, Brandon Pierce's house, which I don't know if you, but at the time he was one of our pitchers, and I knew where Pierce lived. And so I was like, oh, okay, yeah, like, hold on a second. Like, because I was just like, I don't even know what I was doing, getting ready for the night or something, but I was in like boxers and a t shirt, like out <laughs> in the driveway of my car, getting my stuff out of my car. And uh, she was just driving by and she knew this was like, it was one of the baseball houses or anything. But I had seen Cody was going to Nebraska and I was like, well, okay, like, I've got family there. Like, things were just all lining up to go there. The only thing that wasn't going lining up was the fact that I never. Liked Nebraska. Yeah, there it is. Like you but, want us but to like, says with an It's funny chest how now. quickly those things will change when they're like, "Yo, we'll pay for your schooling and you can play right you want baseball here." Like, come over here, and I was like, "All right, all right, give me some, you know, give me the scarlet and cream." Yeah, pretty quick. Yeah, indeed, man. That you know that that like brings up a really good point. Now that nil is a big thing, like how many of the dudes that are playing in Nebraska right now are like, "I hated Nebraska my whole life, and now they're getting ready to pay me fifty thousand dollars." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'll go not play too there. Bad. I'll wear I'll wear yeah. scarlet and cream. Yeah, that checkbook can change minds. Yeah. It's funny too, though, because the I, like the game in general itself has changed just because of that, right? Like back when I first, you know, ten years ago when I was getting to campus as a freshman. If you wanted to go play at another D1 school, that was a whole year sitting sitting out, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you wanted to transfer, there was a rule that you had to sit out of, unless you transferred um, to an NIA, NAIA or a junior college, you transferred down to a D2 or a D3, which you had to do to then, that you had to sit out that year, right? And so now guys can just sit there and put their name in a transfer portal on a you know, flick of a switch, and see what's, you know, what's going on out there. You know, maybe I'm not necessarily liking how things are situating over here. I, it just, to, for guys, 
I don't want to speak for all of them, but I would say it's a pretty broad, broad amount of us would sit there and say it just allows for a lot of softness in the game, right? Yes. Like, You're not like the first I'd, person to yeah, say that. Yeah, no, and, not even a little bit. So it's just like, it, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing so good here where it was like, best way I can put it is, is my freshman year showing up on the campus and like three weeks in, right? This is this is the Will Bolt, you know, this is how you need to know Will Bolt's running his program the right way, right? So we're getting there and it's fall ball, you know, and you're and guys are like already there's already a few of the walk-on guys that have already like quit. And this is on Monday, which is supposed to be our off day, but technically on the NCAA's rules, you had like a certain amount of wait time that you could spend with your players. And so we would always get the text of like be it the be it Hawks or uh, be at Haymarket at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> oh, okay. And so you'd get there, and at 5 a.m. in the morning, you would have the five, what they called five-minute mile, right? And the, th- the thing was you had to complete a mile in five minutes, and, like, I came into college, and I was not... Not a runner. I was not no. a runner. Like, <laughs> like I was telling you guys, like, I, I got recruited, and, like, you look at my numbers, I pitched, like, 13 innings in, in high school as a, as a uh, closer. And uh, so I was more of like Erstad was wanting me to come and and be a hitter, and Silva was in my in my ear like, no, nah, you should be pitching and stuff. So, but um, it didn't matter. Like it was the entire team. Like you all, every all of us showed up, and it was you had to finish the mile in five minutes. And you had guys like Ty Kildow, who was yeah, uh, just a speed demon, speed demon like, for sure. Got a guy coming off of like he, you know. As a freshman, you hear that he's had like five, seven thousand. I'm kidding, Ty. I love you too. But, yeah. uh, you know, he's had all these knee injuries. Oh, yeah. But you go out there and you watch him and he's running a mile. And like f- him and Dylan Vote, like Dylan Vote, I've never seen anybody run, run a mile like that dude's running my life. But <laughs> we're out there at like five o'clock in the morning, dude. People like Michael Pritchard's running in and like getting shin splints, you know, because he's, you know, it's five o'clock in the morning, man. Like, right. These guys are all the, all of us freshmen and like 90% of us are at the back of the pack. I think besides like Jake Plachek up there at the front of the guys with the other guys, because he's a runner and, you know, Mm -hmm. you just learned real quick that it was like, I don't care necessarily how good you are, but how much effort you're willing to put in. And, like, the accountability that they would, like, you know, Bolt and those guys would, would hold in you and stuff like that. But, yeah, man, it's just the, the – that just leads doors to, like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to go over here. Right. Okay, yeah. so did you – I mean, did you ever seriously consider, like, sitting out a year and transferring to somewhere else? Me personally, no. No, because, like, you know, my freshman year, I got a, I got a decent amount of opportunity. Uh, as me and Chesno like to joke around with, it was more of, like, you know, we were mops. Game caught like, like this weekend. You know, eight runs in the first. It's like, all right, get Chestnut or how ready right. to go, and we're get gonna let, we're gonna let them throw as many innings as they can. But at the time, you don't realize what the, that's just trying to prepare you for Big Ten. You know, when when you need two innings, you know, on on a Sunday, because like, I think it was my freshman or sophomore year was the game against Ohio State where we were down like five runs in the ninth inning to Ohio State in the first game of the Big Ten and we came back to beat them mm-hmm. and then we went all no I think that was my that was my sophomore year because that was when it was in Omaha that we lost to Indiana with like 25,000 in, in Omaha mm-hmm. but that first the first game we ended up coming back to beat them and it's just it, you know it's stuff you know gets you ready for stuff like that yeah well and so, here's the thing like if you can't go in those situations and do your job mm-hmm. 
then like, why should I, why do I deserve to be a starter on a Friday or Saturday? If I can't even come into this role and put up decent numbers or just do my job. Exactly. That's exactly it is, 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 you know, how, how can we rely on you? You know, and like yeah. we were all talking about, I think earlier is, you know, the end goal is to be either hosting or, or playing in a, a super regional trying to put us in, in the field of eight in Omaha. Yeah. Right. And, and chances are you're probably going to have to count on one of those freshmen or sophomore at some point, especially the, the pitchers more so than the hitters to come in and, and you're going to need two, five, six outs. Mm-hmm. And if that's the first time they have going up of a team, you know, like of that caliber or, or, or just pitching in an uncomfortable situation, you know, like I can't, I can't imagine speaking back on this weekend, the huge win against the Vanderbilt Commodores. Right. Oh, I mean, yeah. and you have the Vandy Whistler. Oh my yeah. God. So I heard Does that, anyone like that guy. No, I heard that he's dead. Well, oh, no. so I don't know oh, who I don't know. I'm trying to get confirmation. So uh, from what I could hear on the Big Ten Plus, there was still somebody whistling. I heard in somebody else's whistling um, right? in his place now. Yeah, so maybe. But that's like what I heard, the actual whistler was. has passed. I don't know if that's true or not, but somebody told me that this weekend because I was like, I saw a, a tweet that was like, I can confirm the whistler is here, and then I, somebody told me that, and they were like, No, actually, he's dead. That's somebody else. I'm like. Jeez. What's the truth? Is the Whistler yeah. alive or dead? What poor timing for my comment. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Well, and I think the Husker Canceled. baseball the Husker baseball account, I think, after the game, you know how they do the final score, yep. you know, picture. And the caption, I think, was like a quippy, cute thing about the Whistler. Like, oh, whistle this one or some dumb shit like yeah, that. Was, so I don't it know. Was a play on words. I, yeah, I, believe, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he is alive and well. We'll find out when he's in Omaha this year because he sits in the same section when they well, make Omaha every yeah. freaking year. If yeah. they if lost they to Nebraska so far. So, hey, that's good. That means yeah. Nebraska. Really like you said, we do have a good luck of teams that we need to end up projecting out and doing well for the season end up shit in the bed and, and don't yeah. do very yeah. well. Yes. But this is one that I think usually Vanderbilt, I mean, They've got a guy. Like I said, we beat their that left-handed pitcher that we beat was mm-hmm. not a joke. I mean, that's going to be a first-round arm. And uh, you look at like Bradfield Junior. Uh, junior in center field. That guy is going to be a first or second round. I mean, so that that to me was just like we were, like we were talking about that that quote-unquote step back that people think that we had last year. Which yes, it's it's tough, especially when I don't want to I don't want to put blame on other men's athletics, but when men's athletics in general is just struggling at Nebraska, and the women have been carrying them for the last ten years, they're back it, it hurt. Has. It really has. Yes, I mean, and and Facts. like because I mean, even when I was there, we got I mean, we did get robbed at the Big Ten championship my sophomore year because they decided to change the rules in the Big Ten championship. You guys remember that one? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. No, so uh, our fresh my freshman year, we played Indiana in the Big Ten championship. Remember that one? Minute made. And uh, that was a we that was a, the tournament where if you got to the championship and you weren't defeated, you the lose the guy the team that was had that loss had to beat the team twice. Mm-hmm. And so we had a loss. And Tanner Lubach from from Lincoln South, I don't know if he went to B Riley's school or not, but he was from Lincoln. <clears throat> came in in the bottom of the ninth, and we walked off Indiana in game one of that championship series and then Indiana came back in game two and had bases loaded bottom of the ninth and it was a tie game and walked us off to get the Big Ten title well fast forward to our my sophomore year and we're in Omaha and all of a sudden the Big Ten changes the rules (laughs) 
And you guys didn't have no any longer, losses. It's no longer. Yes, no, we didn't. Yeah, we, we played Ohio State the first game, and we came back from down five. We we came back to win that game, and they beat you once. Huh? And and we got to the championship. We were two and zero, oh, and Indiana was three zero oh and one or whatever it was. They had the loss, and we had the win, and they came back and and. Uh, I'll never forget it because the wind was blowing like 30 mile an hour in from right field and Schwarber still hit like a 400 foot home run to right field. (laughs) And this was like, this was, this was like, everybody forgets that like the first three years at uh, TD and and the new ballpark with the BESR bats Mm -hmm. that like there was no home runs. Nobody was hitting them. And like Schwarber was hitting like 700 foot nukes and hit like, and hit this absolute, I think, I think it was like somebody put it on YouTube. It was like that good of a home run, but that was the game that there was 22,000. It was like, it's the record. I think if you look it up, it's a record. I think for the uh, men's uh, baseball uh, uh, conference tournament. Yep. Championship. 19,965 fans. It set a NCAA record for a conference tournament game and the second largest crowd to watch a baseball game in 2014. So, and and that one, that one was, that was a tough one to lose too, especially like a lot of us being there and, and like knowing the feeling. Like it's the closest thing of like being on a cliff's edge and having you feel like you slipped. Because, like, the year before that, we walk them off. And you don't get the win. we don't get to win. So, like, really, you know, in retrospect, if the rules would have just, if they would have flip-flopped it, we would have caught, could have possibly been two-time Big, Big Ten. Ten right, yeah. yeah. But now, you know, ten years later, I'm sitting here hindsight. <laughs> yeah. I ain't got no Hey, but you've got a beer. Yeah. yeah. So, small That's wins. True. Yeah, small, small wins. Small, yeah. small well, wins. Over the years, yeah, small yeah. wins. Speaking of small wins, and you're talking all these, you're throwing all these names out here, and one name we haven't heard yet, and he's the only baseball player we've ever had in this pod, is Kyle Kubat. And I, I messaged you before this, and you're like, I got some Kubat stories. Oh. Do you have any Kubat, or we'll even throw in Jeffrey Chestnut stories that would be... Good for the listeners, you know, like behind the scenes, fun college stories, game time stories. What do you got? Well, so I, I actually lived with Chestnut for, ooh, I think it was just a year. I lived with him and a couple of other younger guys. Um, but he ended up, uh, poor, poor Jeffrey. He got a, that was when he got himself locked down and, and, Kylie got a ring on it, so she ended up getting the win out of all that. <laughs> too, much, too much of Jeff, but um, no, Kyle, like as far as wild stories, I'm not. I'm going to the wild stories because you know Kyle still got his. He still got a. He's yeah. you know, but like I, there's there's a few of them that I could go out there with. I would just say the biggest thing, you know, Kubat was just your typical left-handed pitcher. You know, like the dude. I think he mentioned it even when he was on the podcast, if I remember right. But the dude would always show up when he had to pitch because he was, you know, he bounced uh, a few times. One of the biggest things, too, you know, that I'll ever remember was, uh, I think it was a sophomore year, my freshman year. He was battling the yips a little bit. You know, he was having some thing, having some issues with that and everything. And... Uh, Finally, I think Pritchard, I think it was Pritchard or somebody in the locker room just kind of came up into his face and just screamed at, you know, kind of because Kyle was, you know, his freshman year was a huge, huge part of that team kind of uh, filling in certain pitching roles and stuff like that. And and Pritchard, I think, kind of just got went off on him and kind of told him to figure it the fuck out, you know, kind of 
just, just snapped him out of it. Just kind of snapped out of it. Figure it out. I don't think we were doing very good. And he, he figured the fuck out, you know. Like, but no, I always remember Kyle. It was funny because Kyle, Kyle was a big. I think he. I don't know if he did on the podcast. I'm blurry on it, but he he says he doesn't believe in superstition. Right. He did he, say he that. He says he's yeah. just a big. But I, you know, like I, I couldn't find a game day where he wasn't wearing that. I, uh, he would wear a, a, was it Tune Squad? I think it was a Tune Squad, like number thirty-one uh, jersey <laughs> or something like. It was either that or his Nebraska basketball number thirty-one jersey, Siobhan Shields jersey. He would wear. <laughs> Pretty sure I've seen him wear those both, yeah. both those things in. Indoor volleyball with the guy. Yeah, dude. And so, like, and then, and uh, if he didn't have a Dr. Pepper before his start, too, like, he would have a Dr. Pepper in his locker. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, the dude was just, like, he had to have it, like, certain ways, man. And nobody just, he just didn't question it because he just, like, because back then he wasn't like Kubat is, was now, like, you know, where he throws, you know, low to mid-90s where he can get it up there a little bit. He was he was the crafty lefty, right? Crafty so like, lefty. He would just he would show up and he'd just be like, mm, I just don't fucking talk to Cuba, you know. Like <laughs> he's gonna thing. figure it out. He's got his he's got his headphones on, he's gotta run like sixteen point two poles before the game and drink a Dr. Pepper and <laughs> and do all this stuff. But no, like on uh, me and Kubot like for like like half the first two years were like uh, on the road, we would room together. They would put us in the same rooms and stuff like that. And uh, and so yeah, no, I got you know just same thing. You know, went into the the personal life, and it was just like same thing, man. Like to a routine, to a, to a T, man. Like and the dude was always sharper than tag too. He was always really good at schoolwork and stuff like that. So I mean, like he had all that stuff down, but it was just like. Just your kind of your typical left. Just a goofy like, yeah, kind of weird yeah, yeah. guy. So <laughs> yeah, you, sorry. Go on. No, no, no. You, was, you mentioned a couple superstitions. The Dr. Pepper. You say running sixteen. Did you say sixteen point two poles? Oh, I don't know. I, yeah, he whatever. would just always seem to like have this routine. You know, like not a whole lot of guys on our team would have like. But like you could almost go out with a video camera, I think, and and that was a guy that from just a young age, I think, had a he got that routine put it you know he yeah. had his thing that made him comfortable when he went out there did you have a routine going into a game day i didn't have like going into a game day no like i was always root beer guy or what no <laughs> I, I, amw or mugs? maybe a maybe a no it, it would have been an energy drink of some sort so like a red bull um yeah, back then i don't know you guys have been down to lincoln enough you know the casey was that used to be right there across mm -hmm. the bridge oh yeah the Haymarket. so i would always usually stop in there and it was usually a Sixteen ounce Red Bull and maybe a can of Copenhagen Wintergreen. Well, there you go, man. Back then. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I picked that up and get over to the get over the field. And no, nah, I was so I was a relief pitcher, right? So like I well, at least for three of my four years. So it was never really having to get ready before the game. It was more having to be ready in game. Mm -hmm. So for me, the the leading up to the game, leading up the game before the game, all that stuff, that was. That was a fucking right, right? Like, I joke around with the guys, you know, get some sack taps. You know, <laughs> of course. Naturally. Get, yeah. get out, you know, get out to the field, you know, play whatever stupid little game the guys had going on and stuff like that. And then it was more so, right, you know, I usually used the national anthem for me. It was usually, like, you stood out there, the teams had to come out, and you had to stand on the line or whatever. And that was usually the time that it was like, all right, now, now I've got to be ready because – 
I was at my first couple years, I was long relief and short relief. So I was third inning guys not doing so great. You know, get ready. To, you're possible one of the names get ready to go throw. Or at the same time, we get to the eighth inning and we're down seven, you know, six runs and we needed somebody to come in and fill that inning. You're going to possibly be that guy. So that for me was more so like I was just kind of like tried to not think about it so much. But, um, you know, no lucky again, underwear, anything like that? I, I try to think back on it the most that I can. The The biggest thing that I always had for me was, uh, so it was tough because, uh, you know, we talked about that Fullerton outing. And uh, that was actually, that was my first outing as uh, as a Husker. And my dad got to listen to it. But he was in hospice care at the time, so he that he got to listen, but he didn't get to see it. Now and he ended up passing. So I got back on that <clears throat> Sunday night, and I actually got met by Erstad and my mom. And long story short, I had to go back to St. Louis, and uh, and so he, my dad, ended up passing away. So a big thing for me was is I always would come out and I would throw all my warm ups and everything, but then it was kind of easy for me after that because i would just kind of go i would you can go look at all the film or all the pictures or whatever and i would stand behind the mound kneel down and i would in the sand i would write his initials in the sand and just kind of say all right you're here with me you're on the mound and i kind of went through going through all that stuff and i was like shit all right like now baseball doesn't seem like this isn't my butt you know talking about no asshole before now it's like all right i gotta you could fit whatever you want up there right now because it's just, it doesn't seem as important now. Right, it's not, yeah. it's not as it big. It doesn't seem as big and full picture for me, so it kind of it humbled me down to where it was like, do that, that's my routine thing of like, I can do whatever I want, but as soon as I do that, I get on the mound, do that. It's like, all right, he, we're here. Boom, done. And then every time after that, I would get done with my, if I knew I was coming, and I knew I was coming out. I would look into the dugout, and I could see Erstad, Erstad, would sit there and he would kind of give me like a yay or nay and if I was coming out of the game I would like I would always do a little bit of a chest pump and I would do a little point up point up to dad and be like all right thank you know we got through that whether it was good bad maybe I don't there's never really anything in baseball if you ask me other than good and bad there's no all right right you don't do all right you do good or you do bad you know and so Especially as you get older, and that's one of those things, those maturation things that we talk about with, like, Max Andersons and Bryce Matthews is it's like, you know, I think those guys have gotten good at being like, all right, that was shit. We're going to move on to the next game, though, because that's, you know, baseball. We get, you know, you play however many A lot games of games. Season. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like you have that opportunity, unlike a football where it's like, shit, we should have done this against these guys, and we could have still come out two out of three and beat them. Or baseball, you can be like, all right, we can do that. You know, we can come back and we can win two of three against these guys, and still, technically, we won. Right. Yeah. Right? The the thing, like, I have a I have a nephew that plays baseball, and it's like, I I try to tell him all the time, even the the greatest hitters of all time, still, I mean, baseball is a game of failure. Yeah. You're gonna fail one out of three times, or you know, you they hit three hundred. Yep. Like they don't hit one thousand, like they fail. 70% of the time, and they're Hall of Famers. Yeah. You know, they have that plaques. Was, uh, uh, <laughs> old, uh, old Prime, Coach Prime, right? We're going to go see Boo! him week two. Boo! Boo! <laughs> right? But, I mean, I think he does make a good point, though, because they ask him off all the time about his career. What was the hardest sport that you ever played? And, and he goes back, and his reference every single time is, man, you go 
play a game where you went you you do good three out of ten times and they put you in the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. sign me up. No shit. shit, right? Yeah, like that's like being a weatherman. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, Be wrong especially every in Nebraska. Nebraska. Day. In Nebraska. In Nebraska. Right. <laughs> it's tough well, here. It's tough. Yeah. Well, it, thanks for sharing that story, man. That's pretty cool. Talking mm-hmm. about your dad and the mound and everything like that. Um, do you do you know like can you tell us who the dummy of the dugout was? You you see all these like press conferences where dudes have like the cups on their ears and their eyes yep. and stuff and they're getting in front of the camera or whatever. Was clown. there somebody the in clown. your head? Yeah. Who 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 was the clown of the dugout? Well, so as far as like, the funny thing is, is honestly, when I, when I look back on it, I don't, there wasn't a whole lot of that sort of those tactics going on. And I'll tell you why it's simply because of the fact I, have you ever seen what Darren Erstad's face looks like? Just like <laughs> <laughs> he's got like permanent resting bitch yeah, face. So when he he's looks, like he's waiting to do an man. interview, right? Like, cause the coach, oh, head coach always goes last. They do the players, right? So you want to go do like your pie smash or like. Your 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 stupid shit where you like fuck with them or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But then you like look up and you see like permanent like resting bitch face just looking at you like if you do anything you're gonna die. <laughs> no nobody really ever messed with that a whole lot. But like I think I I will if I remember right I think you guys asked Kyle about like uh locker room goofballs. Yeah. And who was the locker room guys and and he said Pritchard Pritchard was up always up there. I think he Ty killed out though. He, he was one of those guys that I'll never forget because he played he, – he wasn't an everyday starter. Let's just put it that way. He wasn't an everyday starter. Well, he was battling injuries. You know, fuck. he came in as a, a football player originally. Obviously, he was good at baseball, but he yeah. came in to start as a football player. Gracier. So the guy was just a locker room guy, right? Like doing weird stuff in the showers. When you're showering, yeah, borderline coming up to guys while you're at your lockers and just you know messing with you, flipping your cap off of you, or (laughs) you know coming up him and him and Dylan Vote and Austin Darby coming up with these weird saying, you know that nobody knew what you were talking, you know just those kind of weird, you know goof house, you know shenanigans and stuff like that. But I think a lot of the guys were suppressed a little bit by it though, just because you knew who was behind the doors, Right. right? You knew who sat in the office at the front there and, and was going to come through there. And, um, trust me, like there's times, you know, we, we have some losses that we do, you know, you, you have music in the clubhouse or guys talking stuff like that. And you hear that door come flying open from the front office and. Yeah, have fun with that You're, five minute two mile. Yeah, why? Yeah, why? <laughs> yeah, why are you guys sitting there cheering when we just lost? Right? Like, yeah. So there was there was a time and place for certain things, but I think a lot of I think if you ask a lot of them, a lot of people were suppressed a little bit by you know knowing, <laughs> and, yeah, and knowing too. Do I don't want to run a a ten minute two mile? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. You guys morning. keep you guys keep asking about like locker room clowns and you know Kuba and like. I want to know more about Darren Erstad. Like the dude is a Nebraska baseball legend. He's a number one pick. Dude actually did very well on the pros. You know, he coached at Nebraska for a long time. And, you know, it's like, I, I want to know more about kind of just the kind of locker room that he had and just the kind of leader that he was and all that stuff. Yeah. I, first of all, I think like Kuba, at first, the best way I could, if I had to put a word on it, it was just professional, Right. There was just so at the beginning of the year, um, you got handed a a code of conduct book, so to speak, and it told you like 
you do this, this is what's going to happen. You do this, this is what's going to happen. You do this, this it's like ABC, this yes, is what man. happens. And and for the most part, he held you to that on a T, you know, like it had everything in there that you could think of. And it was just trying to prepare you, which I'll always, you know, everything that, that went through, that I went through while I was there was, was a little bit funky, you know, compared to your normal athlete. So I had a little bit more involvement with him and everything. But like, as far as I don't think I can think of, you know, anybody that I've heard stories of other coaches or anything that have held their word, like as far as what they're going to promise you when you get to a university or when you're going to be there as a player more so than, 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 than Erstad did. It was, it was, that was, he's a true, Midwest Westerner, when I when you go to say you you live off of your word, and that's about all you can go off of. The integrity of a man is about as good as his word, right? Mm -hmm. And so if he doesn't hold that, and he held you accountable, and he made sure that you did the right things, and he understood though that that guys were going to screw up, and he put put barriers in place for guys to screw up. But um, but no, I think in general too, just like the overall, like I said, you know, you you get into a room with a guy who's a World Series champ, an all-star, been there, done that, um, has all these accolades. I mean, like, I went on my recruiting visit while I was up there, and I'm sitting in the chair, and my parents are sitting there next to me, and in between us, I have a freaking gold glove and a World Series ring. Like, he <laughs> that's keeps a good all selling that point. Stuff. He made sure to put he those on display. Stuff. Yeah. Well, no, that's funny, because he was told, he was actually apparently... Uh, and if you happen to hear this, this is true. I know you told me, because you told me this, Darren, that he was forced... <laughs> To have to put that stuff in there because by in uh, his office by Silva and Bolt because yeah well hell yeah huh. why wouldn't you because if you want a kid to come to your school to come play baseball why you know you see a World Series ring and you want one of those right, right? right. I want to get one of well, those shiny point. and and so I mean like in and as far as like going through the as far as like dealing with everything that goes into the draft right like such a complicated process um, nothing like like the NFL or NBA no, draft, right? Like, odd. It's just completely out there. And so, like, having somebody like that who can navigate you through all that, you know, like, and point at you in the in the direction of, like, good advisors. and Because, right, because, like, you can't have, like, an agent. You have to have an advisor mm -hmm. that advises you on the right decisions to make until you choose to sign a professional contract because it's the one sport in the NCAA that you don't declare for the draft. You have to be picked out of the draft, and then you get to choose if you go or not. So, a bunch of weird stuff, but, um, no, I mean, just, like, from when I made that transition from from Nebraska to go to the, the Royals minor league system, it didn't seem like much of a change, right? Because that's just how our practices, our meetings, everything was kind of structured that way before I got there. Because... And then when you think about it, it makes sense because it was all put in place by somebody who's been through the minor leagues and been in the pros. And so he set it up in a, in a smart way. And I mean, like, it's like a step-by-step -step program in an essence. Yes. Like something to kind of bridge you to, to not be so culture shocked that when you get to, cause like, it wasn't like we weren't sitting there and being told every single uh, thing that needs to be changed in our bullpens and stuff like that. Like there were certain things where you had to reach out to, to coaches and, and get some information on, and you had to like, they still coached you, but like they made you understand yourself, right? Like they, un you understand yourself as a hitter. You understand yourself as a pitcher, no matter what sport it is, you know, like a point guard, you know, your position there, 
you know, as a cornerback, you know your responsibilities. Mm -hmm. If you can understand who you are, then you're going to be better and the team's going to be better, right? But at the same time, they put the accountability on us because, I mean, yes, people are getting scholarships and everything to play baseball or football or whatever it is, but at the same time, like, you're also supposed to be, you know, an elite athlete, right? Like, so there's certain expectations. I think there's a big saying down at Nebraska, too much that is, uh, too much that is giving, much that is expected, right? Because you get all this free, like, I, this, I mean, the stuff that I'm wearing right now is still all team-issued stuff that I had from Nebraska. Like, I still have unopened shoes and, and gear and stuff from Nebraska, but it's like, you're getting that, but there's certain things that that we're going to expect out of you, which is where I, I give certain leniency to Nebraska fans, but I also at the same time put certain accountability back on the players. Right. Right. Yeah. Because you're not, you chose not to go to D2, right? You yeah. chose not to go to NAIA or Juco, which is no problem. You know, people want to say that there's a, a problem with taking that step down to, but you, if you understand yourself and know that you need that development before you get there. Right. Because when you get here, there's, there's going to be some pressure on you to yeah. perform. Yeah. That's yeah. just how it is. So, yeah. so correct me if I'm wrong, but you were drafted your junior year, right? And you decided mm -hmm. to stay for your senior year, and then you ended up going to the the Royals, like yeah, so farm system. What was yep. was Erstad a big like factor in that and your decision to to stay in in school, or kind of what was that? So, the it was a really weird like entire process, right? Like you get up to the draft day, and uh, I'm talking with Erstad, like my advisor. I had an advisor at the time. Um, because I mean, going into the, my junior year, I think I was like, I was put on the top hundred watch list for, for almost every D one baseball, all these, you know, max preps, all the people. Um, and then it even got closer, you know, a couple weeks to the draft and I, you know, the hype was still kind of up and everything, but the day of was kind of just really unusual. Uh, cause I didn't really talk much with any of the coaches from Nebraska. It was all just basically communication with my advisor and then and then people calling you know I was on the phone probably half the day you know just on the phone yes no and and you really it's unfortunate it, the the worst I'd say the worst part about professional baseball is realizing you know the quote-unquote you know like the the all seeing all the bad, you know, the, the behind the scenes stuff of what your dream is, you right? Know, like mm -hmm. what goes on to get there, the and, business, you know, yeah, the business aspect of it. And so you're, you're, you're just bouncing back on the fort, you know, back and forth with teams trying to throw numbers. Are you going to sign? Are you going to take this, that? And, you know, I was just kind of, I was more of a, like, I, you know, I've always had, been. I'm a mid, you know, I'm straight to the point, right? Like I'm not going to sit here and bounce back and forth. So, uh, Kept kind of just telling teams no, wasn't dealing with it. And then finally San Diego just decided to pick me in like the 27th round or something like that. Yeah, my junior round. Who's counting? And, uh, yeah, who's <laughs> counting? And I was just glad it wasn't like the 30. I think at the time it was still 30 rounds. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't want to be Mr. Irrelevant at like 2,999. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was like telling like at this point I already had like six teams. Like the Royals called me in like the fifth or sixth round. And uh, they were trying to, like, so, like, it's tough to, with you know, we're on a couple, you know, an hour, hour and a half podcast, so it's hard to break it down for you in that right. time. But, like, 
you know, you get compensations for certain picks, and if teams take guys under slot values, they get more money for for pool money to be able to sign other guys, stuff like that. So there's just a lot of stuff that goes into it like that, and things weren't working out. And so finally San Diego just decided to take me in hopes that because after the 10th round you can negotiate how much you sign for and stuff like that. And, uh, things didn't work out, you know. They just didn't pan out, and uh, – I went back to the coaching staff too and kind of asked them their thoughts and they they too you know I'd done 13 innings in high school so it was like to that point I had not even 100 innings as a reliever under my belt in college so we decided that it was maybe a good idea for me to come back uh become a starter transition to a starter because a lot of teams were calling with interest as me being a starter at the next level and uh just thought that that was the right decision for me at the time just didn't foresee you know, the, the injuries. The injury. Yeah. And it was funny too. It's a fluke of a thing. I mean, it's, it was, you can look it up. They always say abdomen. It was a stomach ulcer. It was all it was that, okay. hurt, that took me out. I was anemic. I couldn't even practice. That was why so many people wanted to have, like I had like three and a half, four weeks where I like stayed at my mom's house in Omaha because I had the amount of reporters that were like asking for interviews, like why I wasn't even practicing, all this stuff. Like, this is your time with the Royals, then? Or? No, this is no, no, this is senior year. Oh, your yeah, yeah, senior year, yeah, okay, yeah. at Nebraska, and they were like, they were just like, how does he start the first four weeks? You know, because I think I started the first four. It was Call of Charleston, San Diego, Loyola Marymount, and then Long Beach State. If I'm right, I don't know. I can't remember. I think it was four starts that I had my senior year, and then I ended up getting hurt. Cause I and, and it started. Uh, it's funny too because nobody. I mean, I don't think I've told this story to anybody. My second start, just before that, was when I went to uh, Jerry Weber, retired now. Uh, can't say enough about that. that dude's an absolute legend. By the way, you want to talk? You guys have had Mike Arthur. You know, we talk about we Mike Arthur. By the way, and. Uh, Boyd Epley, big time shout out to those guys too because uh, you were talking about D Ry- or uh, B Riley and D about those guys. They were actually like super heavily focused on just like baseball and I think track and field it was at the time when they first started when they were there too. So like that was who all we worked out with was Boyd Epley. And those guys were astro- astronomical at changing the weight program for the baseball team. And I mean, just look, you can see the guys coming out of there now, like they're, the program they have down there now. But Jerry Weber too. That dude helped me through so much stuff. I uh, he helped me through some t- you know some dark times while I was down there too. I had a bit of a, a off the field situation too that I was dealing with my senior year as well. But um, yeah, no, it was it was San Diego before I went out for that outing. Even after the College of Charleston outing, I was complaining to my to my trainers that I was having abdominal pains and stuff like that. I went to like six, six doctors. Like five or six doctors, and they couldn't figure it out until they finally figured out. They drew blood and figured out that I was anemic and I had internal bleeding and stuff like that going on, which happened. I I actually was at practice uh, before the week of, I think it was Wichita State was coming to town. And, uh, And I was just running poles. Not for like any, that was just my conditioning for the day. It was a longer conditioning day for me instead of a sprint day. And uh, I already, like, was on halfway back, and I just, like, hit the ground, passed out, done, right there. And uh, Silva, you know, everybody was kind of at first, like, most guys, oh, you pussy. Like, right. Yeah. You Rub just, some dirt you, in you, you just don't want to do anything. Like, 
And uh, no, they took me in and got my blood and everything done. And turns out, yeah, I had two holes in my stomach. Holy oh, shit. Yeah, Jesus. two holes in my stomach. And uh, so I had to have like six weeks of just like no... Like, I, I had to have somebody, like, take me to classes and stuff, and so I got done with that. And, of course, by this point, I, I got pretty much, my I've talked to my advisor who's already told me, like, all right, you're basically going to have to sign free agent now as a senior without being able to play. And I was like, all right, well, who gives a shit? Like, <laughs> right. they're like, hey, do you want to pitch one more time before you, you know? Because, okay, which also, I, I tweeted it earlier this year, but I'm – Super pissed at the NCAA, right? Because there's a dude from Oregon, like a uh, Oregon football player, is on his like ninth year of fucking eligibility. No yeah. shit. And he's just gotten like three random years of eligibility. And I tweeted at him three times because I applied for another year, a fifth year of eligibility, but I was apparently fucking three innings over my allotted time oh for my, my senior God. year, and I was and they give waivers out I like was, it's candy. Yeah, and I was yeah. denied. Yeah. Thank you, NCAA. Yeah, <laughs> I think we can all. We we feel uh, the same way, don't we? Yeah, because I sat there and I appealed to it because I was like, "Yo, I had a you know," and and it took multiple weeks, and that was the thing is I got like doctors to even say like, "Yo, we had to run tests and stuff like that," and they still didn't give me that year of eligibility back. But yeah, no, it was a freak thing, and and I ended up getting it figured out. And so they were like, "Yo, you want to pitch again one more time before you, you know, before you leave?" And so we, they went to Rutgers. The last. I think it was the last week of the season that year. I think it was Rutgers. And uh, they're like, yo, you want to be on the, you want to be on the travel roster? We'll get you an inning, you know, because I think we, we kind of owe you that. Yeah, you've, you've earned it. Yeah, that yeah. everything's happened. And I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd appreciate that. And I go out and I think I fucking let up like three <laughs> runs or something like that in a, in a third of an inning or two thirds of an inning or something like that. And hey. got my last college outing and stuff like that. But it just felt good to be back out on the mound again. And doing stuff like that, but yeah, dude, it was it was freaky because and and people asking me all the time and, and of they, course they the didn't really want me to tell any. Not that they didn't want me to tell anything, but they just thought it was better off that people because I mean, you see how it goes. People yes. just take yeah. it, take it, and run with it, and yeah. want to say all these things. And of course, I mean, like you know, the media sees that and they're like, see, we knew he could have been playing all this time. Yeah. Like yeah, you go out there stupid. for your last inning, and they're like, yeah. that's why. Like I'm so cautious to like comment on kids that just don't make the field because of like mm -hmm. health concerns or, you know, whatever. They're just like not on the active roster. I just like, don't comment on that shit because I'm like, you know, they're both their knees could be completely fucking blown out and we don't know. We don't know anything. Like we don't, we have yeah, no idea. It, it really, you hear in stories like that, you really like as a, as a fan, sometimes you can step back. And like I said, there's certain, there's certain areas where you don't do that as a, you know, as a fan, like there's certain credibility that needs to be held for the players and stuff like that. But there are instances where you can sit there and go, okay, like, I can understand, you know, maybe something that's going on there. But at the same time, it's it sucks, you know, as a, as the fan part of things. But, right. you know, you hear certain things where, yeah, all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, because, like, I got, you know, all these things. Because that year, uh, I think we ended up going, it was Clemson. Clemson for a super regional. That was super. Or, or, or the regional. Or, or re regional. No. So we never made a super while I was there. Uh, but I think we went to Clemson for the regionals. You did. Yeah, we did, yeah. And so that was the tough one because, you know, the first month I'm there, besides that second outing, I mean, I was like, take away that outing, I had like a .8 ERA, with, and I was doing doing great. And just they didn't – they weren't able to put anything out in the press to be able to be like, this is what's happening because they didn't necessarily know what was happening. So, like, I had tons of people just like, what are you doing? You know, like, 
saying all this stuff and it's like dude you just do like people do you don't even know like i don't even yeah. know what's going on all i know is, is it feels like somebody i'm in pain bro doctors yeah. didn't even a know knife in my my abdomen and it's funny because i went back and i looked at the rewatched the video from uh was it long beach state that was was that the fourth outing i think it was long beach state uh yeah and uh i went back and rewatched that that footage of it because i i remember going out and erstad asking me if i could pitch that game and me telling him i feel like a bag of dicks feels like somebody's stabbing me in the in the stomach with a knife but i think i got five yeah god damn <laughs> and it was just like and then after that like i just I, I couldn't deal with the pain anymore and stuff like that but it was just like for you know and then you just sit there and then people wanted to just like draw all these speculations and stuff like that and it's just like that's where i try to stay off of like judge or not jumping onto a topic so quick before i hear like are they going to release like what is it yeah that's going on you know is it an injury is there something going on um but it just makes me a little more understanding of that but at the same time like i i'm kind of on the fence about it too because it's like you know i told my coaches about it and luckily i did all right you know, on those outings, but at the same time, if I would have gone out and got my tits lit, like, right, there's yeah, going to be some explaining story, to do, yeah. and they're like, yeah, he kind of wasn't feeling the greatest, and we still threw him out there, and, yeah. and you know, we lost the game, but... You well, know, you so said you... Sorry, yeah, go on. Oh, I was going to say, so you mentioned when you come back to Omaha, you're staying with your mom, uh, and reporters were hounding you, and Kyle, I want to jump back to exactly what you said, was you hesitate to jump on to, like, what's going on with these kids, and that's the point that fans need to remember, is even if you're a senior... These are still kids out there. Like, at their oldest, 22, maybe, maybe 23. Unless you're, yeah. like, that ninth-year senior at Oregon or something. But other yeah. than that, yeah. you know. And you're 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, and even there, I think t- technically, scientifically, right, you're, I think your brain's not completely done developing to, like, 22, 23 years old. It's, right? like, 25 like, or 26. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. and that's for, like, critical decision-making yeah. and stuff like that, too. So, like, you, you, in an aspect, you're dealing, yeah, with young men and women that are that are trying, you know, they're trying to bridge that gap from amateurism to professionalism, right? Like that's everybody's goal at at least at the division one level is, is trying to make it to the pro level. So, you know, like there's certain leniencies in certain things that you kind of gotta, kind of gotta give them to a certain aspect, but at the same time, they, they are, like I said, you know, Edna Brett, you know, in a lot of the Division One and, and even some of these Division Twos and NAIs and JUCOs and stuff to, to where you're be, get given all these things, we're going to expect certain certain results from you and, sure. and, and a certain, um, and uh, what you bring to the table each day is, is going to be important. So it's, it's a give and take sort of thing as far as, it, but like I said, Nebraska fans just have, uh, a tendency sometimes to just jump on a little too much, right? Like we got to know every single thing that's yeah, going. It's a on. bubble, yeah. though. Detail, you live in the right? bubble. Yeah. There's nothing else. There's another. Yeah. There's no and other show in and, town. But that's one of the. That's also one of the great things that a lot of brings a lot of these out of state recruits here is that this is sports in Nebraska, right? You like, are the star. You are like when we were when I played down at Lincoln. Like I have people uh, shout out the Urkowskis uh, that still are family friends of ours that we met through being like super big Nebraska baseball fans and just brought their boys down to their games 
like literally every midweek, every weekend, and they were from Columbus. Yeah. God yeah. damn. Right? That's some So, like, you, you understand what athletics in Nebraska is about when you come. I, I mean, I think some of the guys that even that are in-state kind of take it for granted even a little bit once they get there about, like, kind of how cool it is being, like, the the macho the macho guys in the state of Nebraska, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you think about, uh, you know, I like back in the days when I was hanging out, you know, uh, uh, Sam Hahn, um, hanging out with some of those guys, and you you go places and and uh, and they and they recognize these guys going out, and, and, and they're like celebrities, you know. Oh and, yeah. And, you know, fast forward a year or two, once I was actually playing, you know, getting time on the baseball team and everything, and, and you go to restaurant for dinner with your parents family that comes in from out of town and and you have people interrupting your your meal to like <laughs> yeah, that's why an autograph from you like hey hey are you colton howell like that's or that, whoever it is you know whatever it player cool? it is that, it's that, like that kind of thing happens with us yeah and being our yeah yeah i mean yeah, you, right. you can understand how, only yeah. jared <laughs> no no i mean no, it's, honestly no. it's yes if it's hum you know if it's if it's a cool it's like it's, the first, first time all, awkward w- as fuck. was it cool the first time yeah, but it's still awkward as fuck. Sure. Because it's it's just like, why? Yeah. Why, like, <laughs> why are you bothering me? Yeah, I mean, even even like, I don't know, maybe maybe like the LeBron, like you get super high status with it and everything like that. Maybe you could understand why somebody would want your autograph. But even at that point, I think everybody's humble enough and and true enough to themselves that they understand that they're like, why would you want something as simple, you know, as my autograph? You know, like, yeah. seriously, you're going to come stop a, stop a, a meal to, to come ask for an autograph. But at the same time, like, once again, not being from Nebraska and seeing how athletics are around here, it's a pretty cool thing, like, especially after they leave, your family sitting there like, what? Like, yeah. are you, like, some sort of, like, celebrity around here or something like that? It's like, <laughs> no, that's just, that's just Nebraska. That's yeah, Nebraska. I mean, it is. In it a really nutshell. Is. I mean, if you want to consider it, like, a semi-celebrity status, I mean, that's, like, you get there and there's, there's like, a whole, like, two-hour class on, like, Things you do and don't do, right? Like in public, because people you, are you, watching. You no, know, people know who you are. Like they immediately memorize your photo. They 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 figure out where you what you do, where you go, and they wait for you to slip up and do these things because they want to be the one person that's like, oh, this person did this, but I I caught them. Yeah, right? I'm gonna so. be the one that catches them or anything like that. So yeah, there's like whole like classes that we would have to go to like compliance meetings and stuff like what you do and don't what you can and can't accept back then right like i can't ex- like back then we couldn't accept a cheeseburger from right somebody. like yeah. you get kicked off a team i dude. was just like, about to say like you know what what would help the expectations of these kids and the pressure and stuff let's go ahead and mm-hmm. stamp nil on there bam like let's start paying them thousands shit. of dollars oh, by the way uh, can I get your autograph? And yeah. I'll buy your meal. I'll buy your family's meal. Oh, now? No, you can't do that. Now you can. Right. So, yeah. And so I think, yeah, I don't know how, how like, you know, Coach Bolt. So the last time I actually I've gotten to talk to Coach Bolt and Coach, I got to go down to the uh, Fayetteville uh, Regional. I went down and watched that. And uh, after the game, got to, caught up with both of them before they got on the bus and just kind of got to talk to them and everything like that. But that was still even a little bit early for the whole NIL thing. So I haven't gotten to ask them necessarily how that affects you know the baseball because i'd imagine the baseball side of things isn't as tricky because football and basketball right you got these guys that are like oh i'm gonna earn twenty thousand dollars and a post or whatever for this if i can go over to this and and there's really not a big enough market 
baseball wise. Baseball's a niche sport. Yes, you know? Tori, you're not gonna get a whole lot of guys that are gonna be transferring for NIL money, right? Mm-hmm. Um so I don't think that's gonna be uh, it's gonna be too big of an issue for them as far as recruiting wise and 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 people I think it's more so this just the opportunity of playtime is what the big thing is is a guy sits out, you know, and doesn't get any playing time his freshman year and cops a uh, you know, a red shirt, and it's like, all right, well, I'm gonna peace out real quick, and I'm gonna go down the road here and see if I can beat, right. beat these guys out down at this squad, or you know, whatever it might be. I think it just makes it a little easier for people to do that. Yeah, yeah. All right, Colton. Well, we get to the point of the show. Uh, well, let's tell the listeners kind of you know what you're doing now. What did you do after Nebraska baseball? I know you 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 played a little bit with the Royals. You had a great ERA. Uh, talk a little <sighs> bit about that, and uh, you know, just tell them tell them what you're doing now. So, yeah, so I got, got done playing, right? And like I was telling you guys, I, I finished that game at Rutgers, and uh, that was it for that, my senior season. So uh, went to Clemson. Obviously, I mean, they got a guy throwing like – I think I was throwing like eighty mid-80s at the time, which I was going from mid-90s to mid-80s. And so uh, got picked up, though, because the year before that, my junior year, the Royals were like a huge team that was on me and wanting to get me and, and Matt Price, the, the area scout, um, called me back and was like, Hey, yo, you want to come sign a free agent deal? See how it goes. I was like, all right, yeah, I'll come do that. And, you know, just, you guys know, right. That I have like three quarters of a, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm hurt. Right. So yeah. Cause when I had that ulcer, when I was anemic, I actually, you know, didn't know. And as I tried to keep throwing, I three quarter tore my labrum. Oh, fuck. And of course. So, so I'm trying to get through all of it. And so I get to pro ball and I'm throwing like, I'm a crafty righty. Crafty righty. I'm Let's a crafty go. righty, which, you know, like, <laughs> like most major league teams were just kind of like, oh, all right. Like, <laughs> but I went out and I did really good my, my year that I played in the AZL. Uh, with the Royals, I had I like led the team. I think I was number two in the team uh, in ERA. Two six three. Yeah, two six three. I think uh, Grant Gavin was his name. Was the only other guy that had a better ERA than me on the team that time, and he was a reliever too, so it was a little easier for him. So I had like this great season, and uh, go back the next spring training, and old Coobs is my Coobs is my spring training. Uh, he was still with the Royals. He's my nope. spring training roomie, right? Like, we're fucking good. Like, I'm up from, like, 84 to, like, 86. The boys are feeling good. Like, we're throwing 86. Two crafty dudes together. Yeah, two there dudes, you go. Two dudes going into spring training, throwing 86. <laughs> um, and I made it, like, two weeks, and they released me. Right? Damn. No shit. And I knew that one was coming. But, no, so, uh, so I had uh, one of the guys that I roomed with in college, Austin Darby. Uh, he was... In college, was looking at possibly going pro. That didn't work out for him. So after he got done, he uh, got an opportunity to go play internationally. So he went over to uh, the land down under, down to Australia. Australia. Yeah, Mike. And uh, was playing down there, playing pro ball slash semi-pro ball, and uh, got a hold of uh, myself and Christian De Leon, another one of our roommates, another real old name there thrown out. Um and was like, yo, got teams down here that are looking for looking for international uh crafty righties. Crafty righties. Yeah, they actually <laughs> were looking the team that I went was looking for a uh a pitcher. And so I was like, All right, cool, whatever. I'm down. Down like a clown. Let's go to Australia and play some baseball. 
And so I took the 14-hour flight over to Australia. And, uh, yeah, got over there. They thought I was going to be pitcher. I told them I had a three-quarter torn labrum. They were pretty pissed off that they found out that I came all the way, all that way with a three-quarter <laughs> torn port. As one might be. Uh, sure. Torn uh, labrum. But uh, in their league, ended up winning the <laughs> winning the award at the end of the year for uh, overall batsman. So I was the best hitter in the league. Damn. Yeah, damn. I batted 515 with uh, Hell yeah. Jesus. Forget how many home runs I hit. A lot hit, of cookies hit, in Australia. Hit some huh? home runs. Yeah, hit some <laughs> home runs. Did, did pretty good. Um, a lot of crafty pitchers in Australia, yeah, apparently. Yeah, no kidding. I only pitched one game while I was over there. They they realized they saw how I pitched, and they were like, nah, you can just play that. <laughs> I, played, I played outfield while I was over there. Um, and so, but while I was over there, I you know, kind of came to the realization I forget. Uh, I must have been coming up on like 24, 25 and was like, you know, I got to either have got to have some major surgery with some major, major like rehab to make like a good push at this thing. But while I was over there, I ended up meeting meeting my wife. um, And it was just one of those situations where I didn't really didn't wasn't looking for that situation, but it kind of just fell upon me. Mm -hmm. And and, you know, ran with that and so then she came uh she moved back here to the states with me um and that's where i kind of just realized you know had a good ride it's been been pretty good got to sell you know pitched you know got to pitch in some pretty cool situations pretty cool uh places and and uh be a part of some pretty cool games that not a whole lot of people get to say they've done but um mm-hmm. It was kind of that point where I just chose that. I mean, it, I don't want to say that I didn't want to bet on myself in the surgery and everything like that. I had just gone to the doctors and talked to them. And uh, at 25 years old, 20, going, on my, going to 26, and knowing that I would have, you know, close to 12 to 18 months of recovery. Oof. And then, then I'd have to go through the whole process of trying to find a team to sign me. It's a long journey. Competing, getting through all that. Um, when I was just like, oh no, look, I got a got a good girl right here, you know. She's got a cool got a accent. Yeah, got a cool <laughs> kick-ass accent. Got a good job lined up that I was just kind of like, you know, I think it's time for me to be able to kind of live vicariously through the the Kubots and and the Bummers. Like, so I was uh, Aaron Bummer, who is a reliever for the White Sox now. Got to. He was a roommate of mine, and uh, so I got to go see him uh, pitch down at uh, Kaufman, oh, which yeah. was kind of pretty cool. Uh, when I went down there, I uh, uh, my wife's brother was in town from Australia visiting, and uh, that was the first time I got to see Bummer pitch professionally in person. And uh, his first, and he only got to face one one hitter while we were down there watching it, but the hitter actually got to be Alex Gordon. So it was oh, super yeah. cool. Yeah. Full Fucking circle. Cool. That's super and he cool. ended up hitting. Uh, he ended up breaking his bat on a jam shot back to him and got him out at first base. So it was a, it was a pretty cool like situation. You know, you watch like three hours of because he's in the eighth inning. He comes in, so it's like <laughs> I'm watching like three hours for him to come in. And did he hook it up with some good tickets or what? Oh yeah, no, he did. He got me on the pass list. Hell Shout out, yeah. Bummer. Nice. Yeah, he got me on the pass list. That's and, how you do and, it. And, uh, and they were pretty. They were damn good tickets, and so got to. Let's just put it this way. I heard the break, the bat break. That's yeah. good. When he, yeah. When he dug, you don't hear those from the party yeah, porch. No, I'll tell no. you that. He no. dug, he dug fistered him pretty good. And uh, <laughs> so, no, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, you know, and, and like, so like now Jake Myers, um, Nate Fisher, uh, I think, uh, I don't know. I think Bolt 
was just released last year by the by the Rays. I hope he just had a uh, just had a kid. Uh, speaking of Ryan Bolt, mm-hmm. uh, he just had a kid, so I don't know if he's going to keep going after it, but I, I'm sure he's going to probably make another attempt at it. Um, so just getting to see Scott Schreiber, uh, he got called up to the uh, Astros mm-hmm. big league training. Uh, Warren uh, or not Warren? Uh, uh, Waldron. Matt Waldron. Yeah, where, where's he at? West side. He plays for the Padres. Padres. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he got, he's up with the, he got invited to the, so it's just, it's, it's really cool, like 10 years after the fact of like starting my journey at Nebraska, like now getting to see, like, uh, I mean, guys just sit there and I can't, I, like, it's hard to watch an MLB game without being like, oh, I played against him or, oh, I, I knew, like, I played against him in, in pro ball. Mm-hmm. Or oh, I played with him and stuff like that. So it's it's just really cool down the road getting to see all these different guys pan out and and stuff like that. But yeah, no, the that was about the 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 two point six three ERA. That was the the old top of the mountain, and then I just rode it nice and nice and gently off. That's you know what you oh, walked yeah. off on your own terms. Now, though, now so. I would yeah, consider right? myself a super avid, um, you know, Nebraska athletics supporter. Good. Now, now I'm on the other end of the yeah. of the table, getting to sit there. And You're get, at our table yeah, now, right? Yeah, exactly. I get to Come on, shitty podcast. And, and, hey, but you get and, beer. Yeah, you, you get beer, <laughs> and you get to give your un you know unfiltered analysis right yeah, yeah. so many times you know you're sitting there and you're like okay that's what this guy's interview is saying but is that what you really want to say no that right? really that's the whole say? point nbnr baby yes. unfiltered opinion unfiltered not always correct but unfiltered mm-hmm. for sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the important part all right well um colton again thank you so much for taking the evening and uh we really appreciate you yeah, no, I, I I appreciate you guys having me this here, and and I guess I'll I'll leave it here too with you. I'd like to hear you guys, but I'm gonna I'll give you my end of the year prediction for it's, it's a Nebraska baseball. You know, you can't okay. have it. I'll do the best. You guys can do your basketball and your football predictions. And by the way, I will say I'll have to comment. Side note, I am gonna put in my two cents. I think it's over 55 for the Nebraska volleyball game outside. I, think I it's over the same thing. Yeah. That's no, bad. No chance it's in that 40s. And I know, B-Riley, you said 52. It's going to be over 55. They're going to sell extra tickets. It's just going to. Are you going to go? Hell yeah, I'm going. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. We, we all need to meet up. We're not going to yeah. get to 55. We'll pregame. Otherwise. We'll have some NBC if Everybody's beers. attitude out there is that, uh, no, somebody else will buy a ticket and we'll get to 55. You're wrong. You have yeah. to buy a ticket and then we get to 90,000. That's right. what I Goddamn said. right. But, um, right. but no, I think I, I just, it's because it's tough, right? We'll get back to the last thing of the baseball thing because we talked about Nebraska doing good this weekend, but Ohio State beat Mississippi State this weekend. Yeah. Illinois, did they sweep? I think they swept Sam Houston State on the road, which that's their second Damn. not that's their second out of town uh away sweep in two weeks. Um Michigan went down to the the Houston Classic and played really good. Maryland didn't do as good this weekend, mm-hmm. but they're a good team. So I it, the Big Ten's a really good they're team. Sick. Uh, they're a pretty good I think that we might have you know, usually we've only had three Bids for the field of six four. I think we might. I'm. I'm. First of all, I'm predicting five bids Ooh. out of the Big Ten because I think Illinois is even going to sneak in there. But I'm going with Nebraska as finishing the Big Ten second. Ooh, okay. I like that because I don't see them winning the regular season. And here's why: because our three home series. I think if I'm correct, uh, you have to double check me. But I, our first home series is against Illinois. That's a tough series. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think we also have Maryland at home, do we? Or I forget who our other two series are at home. 
But we have two. We have three tough home Big Ten series, so it's going to be tough for us, I think, to win the the Big Ten season outright. Um, but I think I, I'm, I'm calling I'm calling a second place finish in the regular season. I'm calling tournament champions, and I'm calling a don't without, without doing it too much. You're, I'm for you're the saying first it. time and you're gonna say it for the first time in an, oh, I don't know how long it's been. Oh five. Think, oh five. Oh five. I think we're hosting. I think the boys are hosting in Lincoln this year. So because last year I think the boy we got discredited by being we were or was it no not two last years. Year, two, two years ago. ago. We were the worst two we got late punched as the worst two seed. And then we go to Fayetteville and we absolutely compete. Mm-hmm. Last year it was just a absolute rebuilding shit year. Show. Shit show. We'll call it what we'll it call was. It a shit show. <laughs> I just see a different fight in the boys this year. I see some maturity in some juniors and Bryce Matthews and Max Anderson in your, you know, you got Shea coming back, being a leader. Kyle Perry's back and healthy for the back end of the bullpen. Listen, man, um, like Josh Karen is hitting the piss out of the ball. You got. I, who is D- it? Dylan, the piss Dylan out of the ball? Carey, Everybody Garrett Anglum. Griff Everett's They're, hitting the ball. Anglum's hitting the ball. I mean, yeah. and he's hitting and home I, runs and getting them taken back. I hope his injury is not too serious, but. 31 England. hits on the weekend. 31 hits. Oh, speaking of, before we go too far, uh, the first time in the, that we'll probably see a home run that gotten taken back for a, a uh, oh, pitch God. clock violation. Mm-hmm. You, you guys hear, yeah. see yeah. that? Poor Griff. Ridiculous. You know, hopefully he doesn't end up at the end of the year on the home run watch list because <laughs> if you yeah. end up one short. Sorry, whoever that guy was, Page but clock. yeah, fucking stupid. Yeah. yeah, good luck. That's that's something we got to look forward to. So they're host, yeah, they're hosting. I think they're hosting. I think Ooh, they're hosting. Uh, but now this is the thing. This is where you guys got to not jinx us in hopes that everybody that's supposed to be good that we beat throughout the year needs to stay good. Right. So, you need Vanderbilt to Vanderbilt. We need Vanderbilt to Vanderbilt, and technically, you technically need Ole Miss to continue to Ole Miss and Ole Miss out, so you, that. Loss doesn't look I'm stupid. San Diego, I'm not you need sweating San Diego those guys. To be good. Yeah. Those guys are but, going to be good because they yeah. are very good teams. But yeah, so, I don't know. We'll see. Those first three Big Ten home series: Illinois, Northwestern, Minnesota. So, so tough. <laughs> eh, Northwestern should be that should be a. I would consider that a sweep based off of their performance so far this year. Minnesota, I don't know. Minnesota was weird this last weekend. So you know, yeah, I don't know. But in the, who are who are their away series against though? Uh, before that. We have Michigan. Tough. Then sure. we have Purdue. At, and at, at Iowa, too. Uh, we have uh, Penn uh, State. Well, so that needs and to be the clean sweep. We yeah, need we, to be the clean Iowa sweep. If yeah. we could clean sweep them baseball-wise, because we can't have this whole BS asterisk of the last time Iowa beat Nebraska. Nah, was fuck the, Iowa. The last baseball game of the series. Uh, when they, no. Yeah. Clean sweep Iowa. of them this year. Yeah, we need to let baseball yeah, still funny. be part of the major, you know, one yeah. of the major sports, right? That's got to be. That's got to be. Got to be, right? But, you know, as long as we – if we can – make. But I'm, I think I think it's about time, right? It's about damn we, we time. We can't make it to ten years hosting a regional. We got to make it less than ten. So yeah, I think it's right. got to happen before twenty or before twenty. No, I guess it's already well, been ten. Yeah, it, twenty. If it, if twenty. It was, oh, excuse me. Pardon me. Twenty. You can't make it to twenty. <laughs> yeah, because that's yeah. two years away. <laughs> two My years. God, yes. that's a long time. Yeah, that's Al, that's Alex Gordon hitting dingers against the Miami Hurricanes. <sighs> Yeah, speaking of, well, against and, John Jay oh, and, and Ryan Braun, is, is uh, does Max Anderson have to get rid of number four when Alex Gordon's numbers retired on the twenty fourth of March? You wouldn't think. so. I don't. Well, I mean, no, I mean, it would, I would imagine be, it's after the, after the yeah. fact. I would, I would yeah. hope so. But after. I think that's kind of funny. That or Max it? gives up like, his oh, number because he out of respect respects would, the shit out of the goat. Well, I would do it. Yeah. I would do it just you know so I, mean? I get a photo with him. 
Yeah. Shit. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Alex Gordon's a goat. I'm just telling you that now. Uh, that's my favorite player of all time. Anyways, go on. No, I, yeah. Well, let's just wrap They're, this shit up. What do you think? I, I'm not going to, I'll just say that they will make a, they'll make a regional. I don't think they'll host. Um, but I, I think that's probably as far as they're going to get. Still dancing, though. Yeah. Still dancing. Yeah. Still dancing. Listen, no. anytime you can make a regional, I'm I'm okay with that. That's, yeah. that's, Let's make that's a solid. fucking super. I hear you. I hear you. I like it. I want I it. I like it. That's what I want. That's okay. what I want. I want a super. All right. So, what do you, what do you guys say we, we sign off this sucker? Well, say so you know where to find us. Yeah, nbnrpodcast.com. On all the Twitter. social platforms, you Ta- know. Yeah. Mike, you go for Nebraska it. Nebraska Brewing Company. That's yeah. where you'll find me. Yeah, you'll, yeah, you'll, you'll find Colton here. His <laughs> wife will take him home. Uh, yeah, you know, we got merch. Podcast award show. Make sure you guys go vote. Uh, we want to be known as the best at everything. So vote for us. All right. Give yeah. us votes. Come on. Uh, we like votes. We love that. We love votes. Otherwise, uh, let's sign off, guys. All right, guys. I'm one of your hosts, Jared Hall, Mike Delaware, Kyle Byers, Connor Cavillac. And this is Colton Howell. And as always, beat Iowa. Check. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck Iowa. Check. In GBR. We have a saying, no block, no rock. You know, we just really love Utter. He's a junkyard dog. <laughs> Kenny Bell ran up to me. He's like, you know what you just, what you just did? <laughs> you get mad. You went to go get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> gone it, Muhammad. GBR. A Heard at Sports Network production. <laughs> <laughs>